Alright, and it looks like we're good to go here. Hey there everyone, and thanks for joining us tonight. Welcome to the Xbox Roundtable Podcast. This is episode number 186, the place for Xbox talk, and a little more on Sunday nights. This is your host of the panel, Invader, and we've got a lot of stuff to catch up on from the past week. Xbox had their extended game showcase with a bigger, larger look at some previously known games. As well, we'll do a dive into comments made by Bethesda's Pete Hines making an apology. We'll go in-depth about that and more, but first let me introduce everyone on the show tonight. Admittedly, uh, we're a little short this evening, but hey, you know what? We got a pretty uh, well-rounded group here. And uh, you know what? First off, uh, we got with us a pretty wonderful fella. Uh, he's from the Primetime Gaming and Gaming Beyond the Dark shows, uh, pretty well-known shows there in the uh, Xbox community. Please welcome with us Mag, the uh, middle-aged gaming guy. How you doing, brother? Yeah, well, I'm great. Uh, Invader and uh, Centurion, guys, we're going to have a great show tonight. Yes, I'm the middle-aged game guy. I am here. I'm excited for the show. We got a lot to talk about post-E3. Madness is still going on, and uh, we got some great topics, so let's get right into the show. Damn, love that energy, brother. And uh, before I forget, uh, you know, happy Father's Day out there to all the wonderful dads tuning in tonight. I know everybody's, uh, well, a lot of people have been out, uh, you know, with their families today and, you know, having the barbecue on and so on, catching a bit of that sun. You know, I just hope everybody's been having a good time today. Uh, and it's just really great to have you all here with us. Uh, next up, I will go on to, uh, well... The uh, other member of the TXR crew for this evening, Centurion Buddy. Hey, what's happening? What is up? Oh, man, it is Sunday night. It is time to talk about games. There may not be too many of us here, but don't worry. There is always my other half here, always able to help me kind of fill in. And yes, I'm talking about I have an alter ego. No, I'm joking. Or what are you, Batman or something? Something sincere? Yeah, I'm Batman. No, yeah, no. Well, uh, I will never forget about that one time I turned into a podcast and some crappy gamer was trying to pretend they were someone else that they were not. No, I'm not going to be that guy. Nope. Wait, do you say crap gamer or crappy gamer? Just to make sure. Well, I didn't want to just directly <laughs> say his name or but hey, hey. name, but I would never forget the day I tuned in and he was pretending to be some. I forget the name of it. Um, it was like some alter ego that he was just trying to like, almost like trying to have like a Robert Downey Jr. moment. <laughs> that would be the best way to describe it. <laughs> oh man, too good, too good, buddy. Uh, let's see, we got uh, everybody piling in here. Percolator nine thousand. Hey, buddy, thank you for joining hey, us. Hey, what's up, Perk? We got uh, Pang and nine one one. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Reign of the Third Eye. Yo, back, brother. Pike on Fusion. Uh, that's pretty good. Oh, Pang, yeah, you've got the mostly a Canadian panel tonight. Yeah, yeah, two uh, <laughs> out of the three, two. Yeah, right? That's uh, kind of unusual, uh, kind of different, but hey, it works for me. And uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, I cannot wait to uh, get into the show. Reminder, guys, you can find the show on a variety of podcasting platforms. Uh, we got Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and a number of others. So if you'd like to, uh, you know, listen a little off-platform besides YouTube and so on, you prefer just more audio instead of video, then definitely check out TXR there. We're <laughs> available everywhere, so uh, give a look. 
right, guys, let's uh, kick things off by talking about the Xbox Extended Game Show. We got a more in-depth look at some games coming out soon, such as Forza Horizon 5 and Psychonauts, as well as some teases for Hellblade 2 and more. Now, let's go around uh, our small panel tonight, and I'll uh, start off with the guest. Mag, buddy, uh, did anything catch your eye in the showcase at all? Now, are we talking about the E3 showcase, or are you talking about the extended one after the fact? The extended one. Uh, the one the that they had after one. the fact, yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, when you, you, I would have to say Hellblade, and the reason why is because we didn't see Hellblade at the main event, right? On the E3 on the Sunday. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, was more enticing. Like, yeah, so obviously I wanted to see more about Halo. I wanted to see more about, you know, the multiplayer, what was going on with the games that they did show, because they basically just did, like, a bit of a... It was, well, not really a tease. I mean, there were trailers and stuff like that. But no deep dive. So, yeah, we knew what was coming with those, right? We're like, all right, they're going to show us a couple of modes. They're going to show us a couple of things, whatever. And uh, by the way, Paris, who I spoke to a couple of days ago, did a great job on that show. Uh, it was uh, fantastic. What an amazing host that guy is. And um, anyways, on top of that, the thing is they didn't say anything. I mean, Phil mentioned it when he came out at the end of the E3 presentation. He's like, we haven't even talked about Hellblade 2. We haven't even talked about uh, Avowed. And, 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 uh, and we haven't even talked about Fable, whatever. But then when they did that little uh, a bit of a deep dive on uh, Senua's Saga, I almost called it Senua's Sacrifice, eh? Senua's <laughs> Saga, and um, it was really cool to see what they're doing. And the thing is, you could tell like from the first game that was what, like a $10 million budget game, and now you've got this one, and you could see that these guys are putting in God of War money into this. You know what I'm saying? They're putting in Last of Us 2 money into this. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Basically, what I'm trying to get at is they're putting in Sony money into this, right? This is going to be a Hollywood production. And the more I saw, and the, you know, they're showing like the close, uh, not, not the closed caption. What the hell is it called? The uh, the, the mocap. Sorry, the mm-hmm. the motion capture stuff. And they were showing like some of the battle moves. And uh, by the way, there was also. Did you notice that uh, she even did a couple of moves with no weapons, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm like. I'm thinking, so now this this is what piqued my interest, is that the reason why I was so excited and what my highlight of the extended show is that my my imagination starts going wild. So now what I'm thinking is, is this an AC Valhalla type? Is this a God of War type where it's like a semi-open world? You know what I'm saying? Like a more of like a smaller map, that kind of thing. Uh, what are we looking at? What like is it going to be a soft RPG? Is it going to be a a heavy RPG? You know, like an Elder Scrolls or something. I don't think it's going to go that deep. I think it's going to be more of an action adventure with like I'm thinking it's going to be more like God of War. And uh, why not? You know what? Why not? Like you know, imitation is you know. Damn it! I forgot the damn quote. But you know what I'm saying? It's imit. Uh, what, what is it? Uh, oh, the uh, imitation is the finest form of flattery. Yes. Excuse me. Yes, so there you go. And um, sorry, I had too much barbecue today at the Father's Day thing. All the red meats got my my, my brain going crazy. Anyways, um, imitation is the finest form of flattery. And why not? Why not go for a game like that? Why not? I'm not saying it has to be exactly like that. But you could see it's heading in that sort of direction. You know what I'm saying? So that it, because it, it really captured my imagination, I was interested to see where this was going to go. So anyway, that's my long story longer. That was my pick for the big, uh, my favorite highlight of the whole show, only because it sparked my imagination and, and made my it made me run wild thinking of what this game in its final form is actually going to look and play like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting that you brought up Hellblade Two as well because when they did it when they showed it, it it was it had a really detailed segment to it. And like you said, 
it showed off like it gave some hints at some stuff we can expect it's still pretty early on obviously you know the past year or so things have been kind of strained development wise however they gave some hints uh for combat like you said you know she looked like she was like fighting yeah. with her fists or maybe her legs or something so i'm kind of expecting a variety of close combat moves they talked about how they actually did training right with uh different like specialists in that field for uh, fighting as well they scanned in all kinds of what they built the clothing i think and the armor and the weaponry it just like the stuff that they showed off looked really really uh detailed as well so does does that not scream to you some kind of an rpg style action adventure game like, I mean, like the fact that they're looking at like the armor and stuff like that, maybe it could be interchanged. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying it's the possibility or even the fact that like she had weapons and sometimes she didn't, which means you can either sheath your weapons or in the very least, um, maybe what I think maybe what they could do is that like maybe you didn't have a weapon. Maybe you need to find one, you know, uh, like who the hell knows? I mean, but the, the name itself kind of gives it that idea that this is going to be a much larger experience because. The first one was extremely linear, right? It was basically an A to B adventure. Some could even call it a third person walking simulator if you really <laughs> wanted to. You know what I'm saying? But like at the same time, though, then you have a name that says Senua's Saga. Yeah. Immediately when I hear the word saga, I'm thinking gigantic, right? You're thinking big. You're thinking this is now spreading out to the world. She's exploring the world for whatever reason. I don't know who the hell knows what she's up to. All right. Uh, and uh, now with, uh, you know, now that she kind of closed off that storyline in the first one, I will not spoil it in case anybody hasn't played it yet. But uh, by the way, and if you haven't, it's in Game Pass and you better play it because it's an incredible game. What an experience. So anyways, I'm thinking that like like everything you just said. Sorry, I hope I didn't cut you off. I was no, just no, saying no. that it, it's just like, you know what I mean? Like it almost feels like there are pieces to this that are going to be added to the character or taken away, which gives me that vibe of an action adventure RPG. That's all I was trying to say. Mm -hmm. No, and that's fine. And there's a actually you brought up a good point too because what can we expect? She only had what the one weapon, the one sword-based weapon in the first game, from what I remember. Uh, it was just a a lot of simple moves and so on. Don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed the game. I I think I got it as a present for Christmas, and I, I yeah I thoroughly enjoyed the game. And I thought it was really detailed even back then. So. I'm just imagining what what they can do with the full force of Xbox Game Studios behind them. I think that I'm really curious as, as to where they take Senua on her journey because you know how do you deal with a uh, a girl with what schizophrenia, <laughs> like a, you know mental illness kind of a thing. So mm -hmm. uh, not only that, but just like what was it in the original reveal trailer from the game awards two years ago they showed her like they there was like almost like an army behind her so i'm just kind of curious of where they're taking this character and what we can expect going into uh yes yeah, anyway saga like it just it sounds like they really want to branch out this character even more and whether that be with you know more weaponry more types of uh, tactical things you can do and i'm just curious about who she's going to meet and who she's going to face right so it's uh it, centurion didn't you play uh hellblade i could have sworn i did but i did not make it all the way through um <gasps> well it was one of those games that um gosh was it there like an x enhance like an xbox one x enhancement for it 
Yes, I yes, there was so, yes. when they I think when they I remember, released it. Yeah, I, I think I remembered. I dabbled in the game, tried it out a little bit to see what it was like, and then I heard there was going to be an enhancement, so I waited, and then it got stuck in my backlog. Hmm. So that's where. Uh, but what I did play, I mean, gorgeous looking game, awesome gameplay. I mean, dude, I don't even know how to describe. Uh, what they're doing over there at Ninja Theory. I I remember when uh, Phil Spencer walked out on stage and told everybody that we're buying Ninja Theory. I got excited, and then all of a sudden we're, we see a game that was uh, originally popped up on PlayStation. I remember that I was going to pick up on uh, pick Hellblade up on PlayStation, and then it came out on Xbox, and I'm glad it waited. I held out for that, and then obviously there was an enhancement. So, I mean, Ninja Theory has been doing a great job. I'm excited for the game. Uh, what I have played with it, I mean, I didn't play with headphones on, but I did at least have my surround sound on, and it did trip me out the first time I heard voices. Mm -hmm. uh, Centurion, let me tell you something. Do not play that game with headphones on. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. If you want to go absolutely insane play it with headphones on i tried it for about 15 minutes and i couldn't handle it i swear i swear to god i could not handle the voices it was and not not in a bad way not in a bad way like oh it was poorly done no i just couldn't handle it because it was just so intense and it was just in your ear constantly now i understand what they were getting at right because they were like they're trying to make you feel her schizophrenia Right. Or and uh, and whatever mm -hmm. and whatever else she's got going on, maybe uh, a bipolar disorder. God knows what else. Right. And my God, after about 15 minutes, you feel like you've got schizophrenia. You're going like I'm sitting there like mumbling to myself. and I'm like, that's it. Headphones off. I took the damn headphones off. I'm like, I couldn't finish the game like this. There's no way mm -hmm. it's too intense. So anyway, that's where Ninja <laughs> Theory has really done a good job of showing people that they're. Like there's people that walk around with that going on every single day in their lives. That's correct. That's insane. That's insane to me. I mean, and that's why you know what? Not to get all dark, but I mean, that's why a lot of a lot of people. I, I did look into that after there was an article about it about mental illness and stuff, and a lot of people actually kill themselves because they can't stand it anymore, right? Yeah. And then or or they're on heavy, heavy, heavy medication in order to stop that, right? So uh, yeah, it's crazy what they did with that game. And uh, and really shining a light on uh, on you know mental health disorders and stuff like that is crazy. But 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 anyways, besides all that, the dark stuff, it is a fantastic game. So yeah. Oh yeah, like, we'll finish I mean, it. I so I still vividly remember the beginning of the game where you're rowing the boat. Mm -hmm. Do you guys right. remember that part, or is I'm the only one that does that part? Yeah, no, 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 no. You know, that was the when the That's credits the, were rolling, right? Isn't that yes, the beginning? For some reason, I, I just remember the rowing of the boat and the head pretty much hanging off of her. And I mean, from reading the articles, like it's kind of, <laughs> my wife even asked, she's like, what's hanging off of her. I'm like, uh, her spouse's <laughs> head. And the minute you say that it's like, nobody wants to go into any more detail. They just walk away. Yeah. Uh, just a reminder. Either that guys, or your wife's thinking about it. She's like, huh, it's a pretty good idea. Maybe I'll cut his head yeah, off and row in a boat with it. Yeah. Do not, do not play this game on St. Valentine's day. Just saying. <laughs> my, uh, I based my entire relationship off of Hellblade. <laughs> oh boy all right i'll let your wife know that one pal <laughs> but wait uh, that's where somebody's like wait a minute didn't the husband lose his head <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no but guys it's gonna be interesting to see how they deal with that going in like it's either gonna be she conquered her 
demons, you could say. I mean, she could be without them. Dude, like, they could do something like a, that. It's honestly she... a really good step. Like, imagine I'm on, like, the only thing that comes to mind, at least in my little crazy mind, is imagine Mass Effect back in the day when we became John Shepard and we only heard about what made him John Shepard, what made him the soldier that everybody revered him for, and it was because of him surviving some crazy situation. I think it was like on a planet called Akuz or something, and he was like the only survivor. That That's what made him John Shepard. I feel like this is a good stepping stone that we literally had the first game revolve entirely around uh, a main character and her demons, and now we're going to branch off of that, and is her world going to get bigger? Because you said you saw the inclusion of an army and other stuff. Are we about to see her world get bigger because now she's a more established character to the point? Like, we actually know her down to almost a, on a mental level. Yeah, well, you got invested with her because the way that Ninja Theory did it, it was on a very emotional scale. I mean, of course, <laughs> as Mag said when you got headphones on and you're listening to all these little voices and going on throughout her head, it was done so well that it's like, oh, crap, I need to really take these off for a sec because, you know, sometimes it gets to be a little much. It's too much, man. It's too mm -hmm. much. And, I mean, and like I said, not in a bad way. It's just so overwhelming that, like, you know, if, you, if you've got any form of anxiety issues, which I do on occasion, on occasion, every day. But, anyways, the thing is, oh, my God, it was making me anxious to the point where I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't do this. And I mean, I barely got through the game as it was because it was so just, it was so like bothersome. Like, you know, just trying to get through this very difficult story, not difficult game, difficult story. And, uh, but you know, the thing is, uh, someone in the chat mentioned it too, actually, just a minute ago, said basically that she, that she did conquer mm -hmm. this, you know, and this journey that she went on was part of the closure of what she needed to, you know, uh, maybe process her grief or whatever, right? So maybe that was what happened, and now she's kind of conquered it, and now something else has obviously happened in the world, and I think that they're calling upon her, mm. or maybe she's, you know, maybe she's taking it upon herself to be like, I have to be the one to save our people or whatever, right? So I think they're moving entirely away from that first story. I think that first story is sort of like, that was the, you know, kind of like what Century was saying there, like almost like that's that's the origin story, you know? And that was like where she got where she is now. So now I think what we see here in the second, uh, I was about to say film, when we see her in the film. second game is that now we're going to see her in all her glory. You know, she's going to be that one standing on top of the pillar now because now she's conquered this situation and this is what you're going to see moving forward and maybe a trilogy out of it. Who knows, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I mean, if there's a second game, most likely, I wouldn't doubt that if there would be a trilogy at some point. I like how he talks about the anxiety of the things that would go on in the game because of her uh, her insanity. Um, did anybody play the Nintendo GameCube game back in the day, Eternal Darkness? Oh, my God, no. I know about it, though. I See, know about it. That is... It's like, imagine the anxiety of having a cockroach run across your screen. <laughs> <laughs> That right there, man. I don't know whoever created that ga gag in that game, but that is still the best gag I've ever seen in any video game because they did it the right way. They did it where the cockroach was on the inside of the screen and you were looking at it from underneath and they did so much detail, the moving of the antennas. It looked legit. Yep. Hmm. By the way, I got to give credit where credit's due. The one who was saying in the chat is uh, Kenta Wilson. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. thanks, Kenta. Kenta Wilson. That was the person who said in the chat, saying that she basically accepted, you know, whatever. Uh, the whole, well, everything I just said, like, five minutes ago. But, yeah, all of that. So, yeah. So, basically, she's, you know, she's got her closure. So, we're going to move on from there. I think the voices are going to stay. I would actually prefer, like, I mean, if this is going to be a big game, I don't want to hear those voices for, like, 70 hours. Because I'll yeah. throw myself out the window. Like, there's no way I can handle that. I wanted you know to what almost, I mean? So, I almost wanted to ask you, who's the director for the second film? No. <laughs> <laughs> Steven Spielberg's doing it. Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I can handle much more of that. Like, And that's why, you know, the thing is, the first one was basically like an introduction. I mean, it was, again, I said a $10 million uh, a budget. It had, what, what, how long was the game? Like, maybe five, six hours if you just kind of walked through it. If Maybe you really, 10? yeah, if you really took your time, I would say about, yeah, nine to 10, something like that. Like I was, I was right. kind of methodical personally, because I was like, I just couldn't believe the amount of detail in the small game. I'm like, I, I knew that it was yeah. a very linear experience, but at the same time, I was like, Hey, you know what? I'll, I'll just take my time. It's enjoyable. Uh, admittedly, I did get stuck in like one or two sections, I think, but it's just, uh. again, you have to like, you know, feel out some of the bosses and whatnot. Right. So. Just that's eh, just how it you goes. Know, the looking, the looking puzzle. You know the one I'm talking about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it was one of the first puzzles in the game in the forest, where you had to like look like from a certain angle, and then you had to line up like all the trees and twigs and and all like the they're not the trees and twigs the uh, the hanging like uh, yeah the like ornaments. Viking ins oh my god. That that almost turned me off from the game, but apparently someone told I did speak to somebody privately afterwards, and they're like, if you can get through that, the rest of the game is like is gravy. You'll have no problem after that. But I got stuck on that for like a day, and I, that almost turned me off from the game. So I, I but the, anyways, whatever. I got through that, and then I ended up finishing it. And I loved it, so I went through mm -hmm. it twice. And then that, that was the thing you were saying about the lore and about the detail in the game there, in, uh, Invader. When you're talking about uh, that, uh, you know how you get to those like those rune stones and mm -hmm. stuff, and it would have stories on them, and and uh, and of course, you know, let's face it, there was also like a hundred a hundred achievement points every one you found. <laughs> So, yeah, you know, gave me that more motivation to find them. But anyways, you find those things and it would give you like a little, you know, a little snippet of a backstory or something or a legend um, or, you know, some kind of like a myth or something, you know, part of that world or whatever is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And actually you know, talking about all this, it, it kind of makes me wonder how Project Mars is coming along as well, since that also deals with like, you know, kind of uh, those types of subjects as well, like, you know, kind of like a mental illness as well. Um, I think that's going to be a smaller game is my my thought. Like, yeah, I think it's going to be something smaller with uh, like it's it's going to be a, um, a more compact experience, maybe like the first uh, Hellblade. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I can picture that being like a five to ten hour game as well. Because it's more of a concept idea, from what I understand. I, I, if, if it, I'm not mistaken, it takes place in an entire apartment, and as far as right, I know, you right. don't ever leave the apartment. That's right. So it's basically the same apartment, and you're just kind of going through. You, I, I can't picture anything more than a couple of hours of that. Mm -hmm. And I know that their their main team is not. I know they have multiple teams uh, working on different projects, but at the same time, I think this is a smaller team. But the thing is, doesn't matter how small the team is. You got Microsoft money, right? So. You know, they can, you could have 10 people on this and it's going to look and play magnificent because now they're not worrying about who's going to pay the phone bill next month. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or who's going to, uh, you know, it's like, well, well, we better make sure this game does well. Otherwise, they turn the lights off. No yeah. one's turning off Microsoft's lights. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, this is good. That's still going to be a great game. And I think it's going to be a great concept game. You know what? Actually, you know what I think 
it, it comes across to me as that Project Mara is like a bigger budget version of 12 Minutes. Oh, you know that, that indie yeah. game that's coming out? Mm -hmm. So I think it's like more of like a concept kind of game. Like, okay, it's all taking place in this one apartment. Things are going to change maybe different times a day. Maybe you go for a nap and wake up and then all of a sudden the apartment's different. You know what, what I'm about, saying? Or whatever. What about like a paranormal activity? That would scare the, that would scare the crap out of me to be quite See, honest. See, that's where my mind went was paranormal <laughs> activity in you know obviously things could happen in the house. Now, that's where you could definitely have a psychosis game on a whole nother level like is there really a ghost or are you just insane? Are right. I'm just saying you could really start messing with stuff. That would be great. I'd be down with that. I mean, I wouldn't be down with it after I have to go to bed when I turn the system off and then I'm going to be walking <laughs> up those dark stairs from the basement to the bedroom saying, are the paintings going to move? Right. But uh, yeah, yeah. That, I think it's a great idea. But anyways, that's not going to be their main focus. Their main focus mm -hmm. is still Senua. Um, that's going to be their number one. And then Project Mara, I can actually picture, believe it or not, I'm thinking Project Mara comes out before Senua Saga. That's uh, my I, call. I would be pleasantly surprised, to be honest, if, that, if it was like that. I, I, I do realize it is a smaller project, but it, it's just... I don't know, I'm just thinking about the development cycles. It, it I, I, I would a, like that. It may be a smaller project, but it's a project that is actually going to almost push forward a little bit of the technology that is used in gaming. Because if you've read about what, how they're mapping this apartment, they're using LiDAR scanning to map this uh, this yes. apartment digitally. And I mean, so that dude, li LiDAR is what they use to basically strip away the jungle when they're looking for pyramids that have been swallowed up by the rainforest and ancient civilizations i mean it, it it's some pretty cool stuff if you've seen what they can do with it yeah. and like the detail work that they've had on surfaces like leather and fabric and on a digital level is insane because lidar is able to kind of get that kind of detail into it so that way the, they can use the computer to help render it um so i'm really looking forward to what ninja theory is creating and this is going to Obviously, this technology is going to be used in all of their games, and we got to remember they are a Microsoft first-party studio, so this technology can also be sh uh, shared among other first-party uh, studios, and you never know. This could help really push forward uh, graphics for the future. Mm -hmm. uh, look at like teams like uh, – look at the work that um, the Coalition does with the Unreal Engine 4 and soon to be Unreal Engine 5. Now imagine being able to like implement some of that tech into some of these other, you know what I mean, in their projects or whatever, even on like on a, on a different, on a different scaling level or, or even like a, a different uh, variety level, you know, you could use the Unreal Engine 5 here and then all of a sudden you can, you know, you could plug in this, plug in that. I'm assuming that, that, you know, you would be able to do that, but I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Like you're absolutely right. Like the collaboration between these studios is what is going to drive it forward. And, you know, Phil has talked about that many times. He's talked about it many times about how he's excited to see how these studios are going to utilize their tech and to utilize their knowledge of the tech and how they're going to be able to collaborate with other studios to help their projects along. Right. So, I mean, this could be this could be a really big thing for them. Imagine what the coalition could do something like that. And I mean, those guys look, just play just play Gears 5 Hive Busters. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? And that to me so far besides ratchet and clank which is a different you know art style but i would have to say that like gears 5 high busters is still the best looking next gen experience i've seen thus far i well i mean and of course i'm talking about games that are already out 
Because, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not going to include, like, uh, Forza Horizon 5, which I thought when I was watching it, I'm like, okay, why am I watching a video of Mexico? What's going on here? And then I saw Cargo <laughs> through it, and I'm like, holy good God, that's the actual game, isn't it? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, you know, there's going to be some amazing stuff coming forward from Microsoft. Unbelievable stuff. Yeah, well, speaking of, yeah, Forza Horizon 5 was also uh, more detailed in this event. We got some look at the environments, and I guess they were, uh, they have, like, Mexican artists, uh, the artwork kind of featured in the game, which is kind of cool, I guess. Uh, but the world looks, again, very detailed. It looks good. Uh, they talked a lot about uh, the event lab feature, creating all kinds of crazy custom games. And it's just, yeah, it looks it looks good. I'm looking forward to it. Um, what else? We had Tim Schafer talk about Psychonauts 2. That'll be coming out, I believe, at the end of August. And he was going on about the various concepts in the game. Uh, anybody here looking forward to that? Psychonauts 2? I'll come out yeah. and at least say that I didn't play the first game, but I am I am looking forward to this one to kind of, I guess, discover this franchise. Um, never experienced the first one. Mm-hmm. I played a bit of the first one as soon as it got into Game Pass, what, two months ago? And oh, so it is in Game Pass. It, uh, yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, they added it, yeah. yeah. And See, that's like an original Xbox game, right? Yeah, it's th- correct. Yep. Wow, that's yeah. way going back in time. Dude, it's yep. fun. It's a very it's a very fun platformer. Like, I was going to ask you, because I actually haven't played it either. I'm a bit of a fraud there. Uh, because I, I got to tell you, uh, no matter that I've owned, you know, how... <laughs> almost endless amount of systems the one i never actually purchased believe it or not is the original xbox at that time i was still kind of dabbling a little bit with nintendo but i was Mm -hmm. all sony at that point because it was sony ps1 the ps2 uh, and then i didn't really discover xbox fully until the 360 so Mm -hmm. i never played psychonauts so mm-hmm. what's it like? Like, tell me, like, I mean, I, I've seen the trailers and the trailers are like, all right, that's a whole lot of razzle dazzle, but what the hell am I actually going to do? You know? And so like, wh- what are we talking? Are we talking like a, like a Mario, like kind of platformer, like 3d platformer. Is it like, is there more to it than that? Is it strategy? Like, I don't know no, really too a, much about it. It's a 3d platformer. Like, oh, okay. It's, it's pretty straightforward in a lot of ways, but I mean, they do, uh, <laughs> There's a little bit of collectathon-y kind of stuff, too. So in some ways, kind of like Banjo-Kazooie there. Uh, actually, yeah, Psychonauts is kind of an interesting one because as far as I remember, it was originally supposed to be an Xbox, uh, original Xbox exclusive. But then there was some stuff that happened between like Xbox and Double Fine. I don't think they want to uh, to publish the game. So Majesco ended up publishing it. And then they, the game didn't end up uh, doing so well. Uh, it's it's one of those games that are well, uh, known as a cult classic, I guess, in the gaming sphere. Yeah. Well, Tim Schafer um, did not have a good um, relationship with the previous Microsoft Brass, yeah. and uh, <laughs> I know I know that as a fact that they were not friends. And uh, because <laughs> because of that, I, I could see like a little bit of friction there. But like now, but I do know that like Phil Spencer, on the other hand, and Tim Schafer are actually really good friends. And they've been good friends well before the acquisition, you know. So uh, mm-hmm. this move, you know, this uh, this is obviously a match made in heaven here, right? So and, and you know what the thing is, Tim Schafer's got a lot of respect in this industry. A lot of people love the work that he does. He doesn't release a ton of work, but the stuff he does is very interesting, and it's very original. You know, generally speaking, like even just the the writing, the humor, 
uh, the pacing of his games. I mean, uh, there was that one with Jack Black. Uh, I, uh, what is it? Brutal Legend came yeah. out. You know, that was interesting. And then, well, I, like I said, I never played Psychonauts, so uh, I'm, I'm kind of frauding out. But you know what I'm doing? I am literally watching the Psychonauts 2 trailer while I'm talking here. So I got it on a, I got, I got a third screen going here, and I'm trying to check it out. The, tra so, the like, trailer is very colorful. There's, it definitely looks like a platformer that at least I would enjoy. Yeah, and so, apparently like, uh, kinda... Jack Black's in the game too, supposedly. Oh, no, wait. Well, I know he has a song in it. Oh, I thought he was. Well, I could be mistaken. I could have sworn he's in the game as something, but I have to look deeper down. I just remember some kind of advertising or marketing with him in it. So, well, he's doing the theme song. I know that because I actually saw the video of him going into the studio and recording it. Mm. And you know, he was doing the same old like Jack Black kind of stuff. You know, like the with the goofy, uh, the goofy voice and stuff. You know, right. and he's just like second nights to prepare, and he's doing all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, doing the Jack Black shtick, I get it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but yeah, so he was recording a new song just for the game. So I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. So, uh, but anyways, I'm watching this. Um, I got to tell you, I'm watching this trailer here, and it looks pretty damn good. I mean, when we get this final product, I'm not gonna say this because it's gonna be controversial. Because I don't think there's like, honest to God, I don't think there's anything I've seen on a 3D like animated platform or anything better than ratchet and clank rift apart mm -hmm. i mean that's that's like the gold standard now but i mean this could definitely give it a run for its money from what i'm seeing here you yeah. know i mean it looks like it basically it kind of it looks like it's playing like a super lucky's tale kind of deal right like a bit of a pulled back camera sort of 3d action sort of you know a uh, platformer you're right that's looks pretty wild man i'm in yeah, and because of Microsoft's funding and backing, I, I believe they're able to put more content into the game because of that. I, I think they're able to put in uh, another stage Holy. or two that wouldn't have been able uh, to get done. Right. So sure, because they have the they have the money. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like if Double Fine is like, well, you know, I got these ideas, but you know, we're on a budget here, right? And I, I understand, you know, Microsoft's not, you know, Mr. Moneybags where they're just throwing everything at them. They obviously give them a budget too. But mm -hmm. I could bet you, you know, dollars to donuts that a Microsoft budget is a hell of a lot bigger than just a double fine budget on their own, right? Yeah. So they're probably like, yeah, finish the damn game. If you got extra levels you want to put in there, but you couldn't afford it, put it in there. You know what I'm saying? And and I just saw a little scene, by the way. I saw a little scene of uh, the dude there walking through like a forest area. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, holy moly. Okay, never mind. That That is starting to look, what I'm seeing here, it's starting to look rift apart level. Maybe not as, I don't know, man. It looks pretty damn good to me. Yeah. It looks like, like there's a, you know. I'm not going to get my hopes up, but I'm just saying like it looks, I'm not going to put a lot of like stress on the game. All I'm going to say is, it looks like a lot of fun, and I'll just wait and see what we get there. Again, I think it comes out like the last week of August, so you know, hopefully it they does, show yeah. more. And it's on Game Pass, so all the more incentive to play it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, if you got Game Pass, and I'm like, I honest to God, you know, I don't want to get into that whole thing, but I mean, if mm. you don't have Game Pass by now, and you have at least the avenue to play in the Microsoft ecosystem, whether you have a PC, uh, whether you have xCloud, whether you have whatever, I don't know, or, or you have any form of Xbox. If you don't have Game Pass by now, I don't know what the hell you're doing. Because, <laughs> I mean, what they showed a week ago uh, would rack up somewhere in the range of like $800 to $1,000 worth of games mm -hmm. that, you're getting, that you can get within that time frame is about 160 bucks. 
Yeah, that's from right. now until the end of next year, you're talking like $160, give or take, maybe a little bit more. Okay, for like a like eight hundred to a thousand dollars worth of games, you got to be out of your mind to not get it by that point. But yes, you're absolutely right. The fact that it's in there, we're going to be able to play it. I mean, look at the summer already. Uh, in two days, we've got the Pirates of the Caribbean um, expansion coming up. By the way, uh, if anybody's curious, it's actually you could play it all single player. You mm -hmm. do not need to squad up with people and all that stuff. So you can actually play like the story with. Cap, uh, Captain Jack Sparrow and whatever, and the other characters. You could just do it solo. And then what else we got coming up? We got the Ascent well, coming up I, at about. Can I add on to that real quick? Um, yeah. Yeah. I would just love to play that by myself, but then we would have a Hellblade situation. My wife's, my head would be on my wife's hip. <laughs> well, then get her to play with you. No, no, that's what I think. That's actually, we, as soon as it comes out, I am playing it. Uh, but me and my wife are doing it together. Perfect. It, it so comes out Tuesday, by the way. Some huh? people got early access. I was not one of them. I don't know why, but oh. I did not get it uh, today. But I wouldn't have had time today anyway. Like I said, it was Father's Day. I was busy. But either way, um, that, and then we got the Ascent coming up in a few weeks. Uh, flight Simulator's coming up uh, mm -hmm. right after that, I believe, or right before. I can't remember which July, one comes first. July, I think. Yeah, yeah, they're both July, but I can't remember which one comes first, whether it's the Ascent or whether it's um, uh, Flight Simulator. Uh, and then after that, yeah, you got Psychonauts 2, and then we roll into fall because... And, you know, we got Back for Blood. You know, there's still the possibility of battle, uh, Battlefield uh, coming to Game Pass. It's 50-50 it's, it's shot, but it might still be coming there. We still don't know what's going on with Dying Light 2, mm. right? I still think Dying Light... I'm standing on that hill. I'll die on that hill. That, sil that uh, Silent <laughs> Hill. That Dying Light 2 is going to be going day and date in Game Pass on December 7th. And the reason why is because, A, Microsoft dumped $50 million into production of that game because they were in development hell and they couldn't find the funding to finish it. And they needed to polish the game. And they were having troubles uh, financially. So Microsoft swooped in there, not only took the marketing, not took, they bought the marketing rights and they put $50 million of their own money into the production of the game. If that doesn't scream Game Pass day one, I don't know what does, but they haven't announced that. So I think that that's mm -hmm. one of those cards they're holding dear, near and dear to their chest until Sony does their game showcase later this summer. I guess so we'll they're going to wait out. for Sony. I guess you know we'll find saying? out at Gamescom, right? Or I think so. So we, you know, with the Game Pass, I didn't want to get off in a whole like mm -hmm. side, you know, you know, side uh, whatever topic about Game Pass. But I mean, we got something coming like literally every three weeks. Yeah, don't worry. It's I, I, I won't tell Noof. <laughs> Oh, don't worry. I tell Noof daily, but I mean, I don't bust his <laughs> I don't bust his chops about it. But I got to tell you, man, I'm like, and you know, he did admit it at one point. He's like, you know, at some point I'm going to have to get this. I'm like, yeah, as soon as you run out of money, <laughs> I said, uh... as soon as you run out of money, you're going to be on Game Pass. That's exactly what's going to happen. I said, one day it's going to happen. It's and gonna then you're going to be like, gonna like, be like... moment in Beetlejuice where he just comes and sits down next to you, looks over at you and it's like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it's like, you know what, Noof? You can play all those games for 15 bucks. I hope you're listening, Noof, at some point. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> sorry. Didn't mean to go off on that tangent. We were talking about Psychonauts. My bad. Uh, no problem, brother. It does look good. And, oh, Lady Foxfire in the chat. Hey, Foxy, how you doing? That was a great video you did uh, earlier, by the way, talking about E3. Can't wait to see more content from you, sister. She says it's going to be another fun game, just like Super Lucky's Tale, but way That's bigger. Wonderful. So Wonderful. 
Yeah, no, it's uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I love my platformers. That's why I'm always harking on them to get on get onto a, a banjo kazooie or hell, even a <laughs> even a blinks or a conquer. I mean, I doubt conquer is gonna be coming, but uh, I'm just saying, like you know, give me those types of games. I like my uh, collectathony kind of pl- 3D platforming games. Right? We need more of those. I love them, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I love those too. You know, like like I'm I, I'm an I'm an older gamer if you want to call me that. Well, obviously by my name alone. But uh, at 46 years old, you know, and so the thing is, like, I grew up on that stuff, right? So what I do now is, like, if I'm not interested, like, I'm not playing Super Lucky's Tale for the narrative, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not playing it for the story. I don't care if he has to go save a squirrel, you know, in a tree (laughs) or whatever. So what I do is I play those games on mute. And when I'm having, like, one of those days where I'm like, you know what? Tonight's a podcast night. So what I'll do is I'll sit down, I'll put the game on, mute it, and then I'll and then I'll play it muted and I'll listen to a podcast while I'm playing like a 3D platformer, just like you said, like a collectathon, something that, and just like have fun. You know what I mean? Go around, explore, jump, you know, from platform to platform, do this, do that. And it's just brings you back. You know what I mean? I don't know how, I don't know how old you guys are, but uh, that's what I grew up on, right? I mean, that we, Mm-hmm. Most of us in our forties, anyway. <laughs> well, uh, Centurion and I are the same age, and uh, we're both eighty sixers. To give you an idea, so okay, yeah, see the same age as my younger brother. So yeah, you're but you guys are in the thirties. So yeah, yep. All right. So you were still there. The nineties was still all platforms. There's a lot of yeah. earthworm gyms and stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. He was a very <laughs> What's earthworm gym. No, I'm joking. Uh, Come I'm on, joking. man. Earthworm gym. He's a very groovy guy. Come on, dude. He's groovy. That's awesome. You know what? If they're going to bring back a 3D platformer, bring back Earthworm Jim and Gecko, please. Oh, What is it called? Gex. Gex. Okay? That's a 3D platformer I want to see. Somebody pick that up. Whoever's listening. Um... Not to like, but I heard was didn't Tommy Tellerico say that they were having an Earthworm Jim appear on the Intellivision? That is correct, and I saw the video yeah. last week when I was watching Original Next Level Gaming. Guys, check out that show; it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Although I don't know how those guys podcast for like seven hours straight, but they do. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's ridiculous. It's like two in the morning. I'm lying in bed, and these guys are still yapping. I'm like, go to sleep. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, they they did show the Earthworm Jim footage from the uh, the new. Um, the new system, I was like, wow, that looks really, really good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, check out, check that out if you have a second. All it right. looks like they made it yesterday. I'll have to, I'll have to check it out because I, I do like my Earthworm Gym. Um, but yeah, guys, there was like actually quite a bit of stuff in this extended show. Um, I don't know if you guys caught it during the, uh, the summer game fest, but there was actually an announcement for a game called the Anacrusis. I know, kind of an unusual name, but, uh, it's t- right now it's an Xbox exclusive and it's a four player co-op shooter and it got an extended look during the uh, the show and the studio CEO said that they tried to move away from something like really really dreary in the post apocalyptic sorry I'm tongue tied right now apocalyptic game genre after obviously the pandemic so they want to go for a more colorful lighthearted like take on the genre. Uh, did Have any of you guys seen the gameplay for that? It's a co-op shooter. Yes, I did. It looks great. Mm. It yeah. looks really, really good. Um, it's an interesting art style. It's almost got... I don't really know how to describe it. Like, it's almost got the vibe of a Borderlands, but at the same time, it's got this sort of, like, mm-hmm. Halo-ish look. Like, you know, like the older Halos, like maybe like a Halo 3 
kind of vibe. And like I don't really know how to describe it, but what man, it looks this? cool. The Anacrusis. It's called, it's called the Anacrusis, and um, it looks pretty cool, man. I mean, if you want to check it out, just you could just uh, just uh, look it up on YouTube and just uh, put Anacrusis gameplay. And there's uh, uh, IGN put up a video, and it's only about a minute and ten seconds long, give or take, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can watch some gameplay. Man, it looks really good. Now the thing is, uh, Invader, you're saying. Is it a is it a uh, Game Pass game? No, is it day one? I'm pretty sure it's a Game Pass game, and it's coming out this summer sometime. I think July. Jesus. Yeah. You know we have jobs, Microsoft. Well, that's like, the thing. But they have, they no, ga- but they have no games. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, now, now, that uh, seen, now, now that I've seen the images of this, I know what game you're talking about for a second. I totally did forgot the name of this thing. Well, to be fair, there's been a lot of games announced, and right now those indie games are really, in my opinion, they've been knocking it out of the park. Some of these announcements, some of these games that Microsoft has partnered with for uh, for the Xbox Series consoles to, to go into Game Pass, it's unbelievable. Like, this is really cool. Like, I, I really like these uh, co-op shooters and stuff. It's fantastic. I said last night on the, the Shop Podcast that I really hope um, at this point, we're going to start seeing some indie developers and basically developers that are not under a first party studio umbrella from any of the brands. Uh, some of these guys are going to be able to push the limits and blur the lines between, in my opinion, double A and triple A. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're impressive from what I'm seeing, like even a game like uh, tunic as well. Um, like you look at a game like Tunic, this Anna, uh, I, 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 I'm going to keep calling it Anna crisis Anna Crucis. <laughs> it's such a, it's such a difficult, it Who's doesn't roll off the tongue. Nice. Hey, you say, did you say Annie's having a crisis? No, yeah. Annie's having a crisis. That's what I'm going to call <laughs> it from now on. Uh, yeah, I'm having a crisis. I can't, I can't say the name properly. Uh, Anna Crucis, uh, you know, games like that game, like games like Tunic, um, they'd look remarkable. Even, even the Falconeer, uh, these games, I mean, if they get support, you know, and that's what it is. That's what it's all about. In the end of the day, when you, you know, when you're talking about these indie developers or whatever, you got to think that at some point, Naughty Dog was that, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Sony Santa Monica was that the coalition was that at some point 343 was that at some point whatever you know what i'm saying like all these companies they all you bungee everybody i can name a million companies but they all started out with like a dude sitting in a garage with like a with a laptop you know what i mean or like with an apple II from like 1985 and he's sitting there trying to make it you know and he had these ideas this is where you get these people from and you nurture them you nurture their growth you nurture their imagination their um their thoughts uh, process where they want their storytelling and that's where you develop these big names from and that's where you start you start from a beeps and boops to last of us 2 all right or or gears 5 hive busters or whatever you know you you get to play these experiences and like they started somewhere so the thing is by putting a spotlight on these on these uh, these indie titles and helping them along like that's another thing that's huge i know sony was doing at the beginning of the ps4 generation they were doing that a lot because they were waiting for their first person uh, first party studios to start pumping out you know big titles which didn't happen by the way till like what the third year 
when yeah. like the real big ones started coming out. So they had to, so they were trying to push some of these other guys, the other games out and, you know, help them out or whatever else. Same thing. And then Microsoft's doing the same thing now. However, Microsoft's got a bit of the a bit of the best of both worlds right now, because now they're releasing first party titles, third party titles, and they're nurturing the indie developers. And so by doing that and even helping out, whether it's financial, whether it's uh, giving them access to some of their, um, you know, some of their tech, who the hell knows what they're doing behind closed doors? We don't know, right? They could be doing that too. Or some of their assets that they have. You're like, hey, you know what? You guys want to work with us? We'll give you access to, you know, X amount of these assets, whatever you could utilize them in the games. Maybe their HDR, maybe the lighting uh, that they use in the game, the lighting and the shadow effects, the smoke mm -hmm. effects, fire effects, whatever. They could do all those kind of things. And it these indie games now are starting, just like, you know, just like Centurion was saying, Sometimes they're blurring that line, man. Like, I don't know if I'm looking at a AAA title or not. And I'm like, it's a, it's not. But my God, you know, like, look at what a Sobo is doing, for Christ's sake. Mm -hmm. You know, look at, look at, uh, uh, what the hell was it called? Plague Tale. Yeah. My God. I played that first one. I'm like, what is, who are these guys? Right? And that wasn't even considered a AAA title. That was considered a AA title. Right? Well, look at that, Stalker 2 as well. I mean, that's technically holy. in the indie... That's technically, it's in the indie section. But it certainly does not look indie at all. <laughs> holy crap. Uh, new Stalker 2 looks like a polished, you know, AAA big-time game. And I think they will. I, th I think that maybe by the time they do a Stalker Three, if this is successful, and I see it being successful, it is launching in Game Pass. So now you've got millions of eyeballs immediately staring at that game without a paywall. I mean, other than your subscription, of course, right? But without that paywall, you know, like a seventy dollar paywall, and in Canada. Vader, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Holy mackerel! For anybody in the chat who doesn't know, by the way. Um, a PS5 game yeah. here in Canada is $105 with tax. Mm -hmm. Let that sink in for half a second. $105 for a PS5 game. And uh, Microsoft's not far behind. They're still, ten they're still charging uh, less. But who's going to buy them when you got Game Pass right there, right? So, like, you know. But, yeah, yeah. now this Stalker 2, you've got, what, anywhere between 20 and 25 million people in Game Pass right now. You could theoretically have, like, 50 million eyeballs looking at that game when it comes out. And then that's where these games turn from these indie sections. All of a sudden they turn into a big banger by the end of next, uh, the end, uh, by the end of this gen. Yeah. And if you want to buy it, it's what 10% off as well. So you're like, Hey, you know what? That's I correct. Like that. So, uh, but it's funny you bring up the price to have a uh, PS five game because I, I got some store credit at the source and hey, you know, being in Ontario, I'm just waiting for the uh, stores to like officially like really open up. I'm still going to give it some time, but like, <sighs> You know, I'm going to get, um, I, I want to get, uh, Ratchet, the new Ratchet and Clank. It's just, again, yeah. I'm just, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting. But, um, I know guys who've platinumed it in like 16 hours. Oh, wow. That's um, uh, dedication. Platinumed it. Yeah. I'm not spending like as much, as much as you would want to $105 for a 16 hour platinum I'm, i don't care how good it is and i played all the ratchet and clanks actually i just platinumed the 2016 one because they gave it away for free as part of their like uh, games of spring or something or stay at home campaign whatever for the covid thing mm -hmm. and uh they they I, I platinumed that and that was like 20 something hours yeah i put in there maybe like 26 hours 27 hours something like that to get the platinum on that and then i've got friends who finished it in two days 
Holy and I'm like, moly. nope. I will wait till Black Friday and get it for 30 bucks. Or like you're saying, Invader, you can go. Now, see, the thing is, I got a, I got a digital-only PS5, so mm. I can't go to, like, EB Games and go buy a used copy that some dude returned, like, three days after buying it um, because I don't have a disk drive. Mm-hmm. So I got to wait for a digital sale, which I'm guaranteed by Black Friday, that thing will be, like, 30 bucks. So, oh, yeah, without a doubt. No, you're right. It'll it'll drop down in price considerably. Just hey, you know what? I got some uh, store credits in there. I'm like, hey, you know what? I I, I really do like the Ratchet and Clank, Clank games going back to the uh, PS2. And I don't, I I like we've been saying. I love my platformers. So I'll definitely give it a go. Hey, we got Noof Nukem in the house. Boom oh, boom kaboom. Hey buddy, of the fraud himself. <laughs> Noof, we were just talking about you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. You might want to rewind it by 20 minutes. Uh, we were talking about you, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Noof, just kidding, buddy. But you know what? We were t- <laughs> we were talking about the possibility. We never said it was going to happen. We're just saying in the future, the possibility of uh, Game Pass becoming an inevitability for you at some point. Yeah. So that was it. There was no slander. We were just like, I wonder how long it's going to take. Yeah, as Percolator here is uh, saying in the chat, <laughs> nothing bad, my friend, nothing bad. I would never do that to you. Um, oh. But I tell you what, guys, let's round off this uh, extended show, because they did show quite a few things in here. But one thing that's back, because it went on a bit of a hiatus, is the Xbox Design Lab. It's back. It's now supporting the Xbox uh, Series X and S consoles. Anyone going to take advantage of this on the panel, or just kind of cool that it's uh, back in action? And the crowd goes incredibly silent. <laughs> right, right. Like, like Centur- <laughs> like Centurion. I don't know if uh, do, do you, have you ever taken advantage of this program or no? Which program? The uh, Xbox Design Lab, where you uh, design your own uh, like themed Xbox oh. controller. Oh God, yeah. I have a couple of them around here. Yeah, yeah. You think you <laughs> do oh, that sorry, with one dude, of the I'll new ones? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. oh my gosh there is oh man sorry there's something that just happened in the background that's making me laugh too hard oh my god i have a couple of the design lab controllers here and the funny part is i actually did catch my wife actually looking at building me another one um that's why i have a couple around here my wife actually likes to build them for me and i just get them and i have a dude i'm yeah i enjoy it Right. I'm sorry. Right. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I wish you could, dude. I my we the the life of a cat owner. Okay, my cat just totally did something that was out of this world. Let me guess. Your cat knocked something over. <laughs> no, it involved a hairball. Oh, okay. Uh, I know nothing about it. <laughs> over here. I, uh... <laughs> oh, I know. Cats. I have a blue sphinx. Oh, so, that's awesome! That yeah. is awesome. So, so if you ever see it, you ever see me on Twitter. I sometimes post ridiculous stuff that he does, but uh, very rare to get a blue sphinx. It took us almost. It took us a long time. Oh, my God, we were searching for well over a year to find one, and we mm-hmm. got him. So guess what? No hairballs. <laughs> see, I'm gonna have to DM you because I really want to know what's involved in taking care of a sphinx. I want to get one. Nothing. So bad. It's fantastic. Don't you There's gotta no keep shedding. What's that? Don't you gotta keep them warm? They keep warm. They know what they're doing. They're 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 they not know dumb. What they're doing. You know what? You know what? They know what they do. You know what he does in the winter? We just got him. Right? We got him in December. You know what he does in the winter time? You know the grates on the ground where like the heat comes out of? Mm, yes. Uh, he 
he lies down on that in the daytime or he just gets under blankets. That's it. He's fine. And he stays, obviously stays indoors. But in the summer, oh, yeah, he wants to go out. But uh, he wants to go check out things. But, uh, yeah, man, listen, no shedding, no smell because they don't have fur. Uh, no allergies because they don't put they don't have saliva on their fur. That's what causes allergies. A lot of people don't know that. They think it's the cat that they're allergic to and uh, allergic to. I'm like, no, it's the saliva on the fur and they shed the fur. And that's what causes allergies, a lot of allergies anyway. So it's completely hypoallergenic, no smell, and they're clean as all hell. And like I said, no vacuuming, no nothing. It's fantastic. And anyways, I'll send you pics. Yeah, wow. DM me after the show for sure. Yeah, definitely. I've always wanted to get one. Nice. Yeah, Sorry, Invader. I took the tracks that way. <laughs> oh no, I'm all off. Hey, I like cats. No worries, but um, but either way, guys, I think I'll wrap up this uh, extended Xbox show <laughs> talk. But either way, there was a lot to. Sh- there was a lot that surprisingly showed up, and I don't know. I just I, I enjoyed looking through it, and they got a lot. They got a lot to show, and I get a feeling we're going to be seeing more in the coming months, too, um, because they definitely held back, I would say. Now, let's move on to something that made the headlines over the past week. And in an interview with GameSpot, Bethesda's Pete Hines laid out, well, basically an apology to PlayStation, uh, PlayStation consumers, stating that he understands their frustrations, but at the end of the day, it is what it is, and games like Starfield and future titles will be exclusive to Xbox, well, the Xbox ecosystem. Now, Centurion, I'll throw this over to you first, because this whole topic of exclusivity has been talked about, well, a lot since the whole ZeniMax purchase. Was this apology really necessary? I mean, considering most of us just kind of figured that the future game titles from Bethesda or all of the ZeniMax studios would be only coming to Xbox? I don't think it was necessary at all because I'm just going to say, where's my apology letter for Spider-Man? Where's the apology letter for other countless exclusives that other companies have had over Xbox? I'm just saying... It's really interesting. The only other time I could think of an apology has been ex- issued for um, an exclusive game it centers around an Xbox exclusive, and that was Rise of the Tomb Raider. And that's when the uh, gentleman over at Square Enix came out and gave an apology and let everybody know that it was a one-year exclusive. So that, do I, I really don't feel that an apology was necessary. Maybe he wanted to do this and explain that You know, for his own sake, this is just how things sometimes happen. And, man, I hate to kind of just steal from another cheesy line, man, but this is just how the cookie crumbles. This is is just life. Um, Companies get bought out. Things change. Nothing's really set in stone. Um, And really... I just don't really see how somebody is responsible for, like, it's not like Pete Hines could have came in and said no. We got to make sure that all our games end up on other platforms. We cannot allow Xbox to buy us. Like, could he? Could he have really stopped that? Mm. Well, I mean, it's just kind of weird because would you know? For example, in Sony bought Insomniac what two years ago, and. You know, I just automatically always thought that Sunset Overdrive would just be exclusive to them, right? So I just, I just had to live with that. It just, that's just like you exactly. Said, the way that I the don't recall crumbles. getting my email from from PlayStation saying we got, we just, uh, 
bought Insomniac and we apologize that we now own uh oh my god, what is the game? You just said it too. Sunset Overdrive. Sunset Overdrive. Um and I'm actually honestly expecting Sunset Overdrive 2 to pop up on the PlayStation. Maybe just out of spite. Well, I think there was a little bit of teasing going on with Fizzy, if I'm not mistaken, too, in some of the advertising recently. So, and they did, I do believe they trademarked the name too recently. So, I would not be surprised if we saw a Sunset Overdrive 2 sometime in the near future. uh, Over at Insomniac, they already had like the script made. They already knew what they wanted to do for the game. They just needed somebody over at Microsoft to pull the trigger. And regretfully, that was never done. Yeah, that was probably one of my most standout titles early on with the uh, the Xbox One, that and Rise. But, I mean, we could go into that all day. Right, right. But it's actually, honestly, a really great example, a much better example that I could probably ever come up with uh, of anything else. Because it's literally a prime example on the PlayStation side of how PlayStation came in and bought a company, regardless of the fact that Insomniac Insomniac Games, it was inevitable they were probably going to be a PlayStation studio. But they did have dealings with Microsoft and created Sunset Overdrive. But by PlayStation official officially buying them, it became an exclusive franchise for them. And this is the same thing, but on a much larger scale with Bethesda. And does it look like we have a bunch of fans out in the... Well, I don't know. We could probably see a lot of people lose their mind on the Twitter streets if they did come out and say there's a Sunset Overdrive 2, that it's exclusive to PlayStation. Oh, that'd be the biggest piece of ammunition you'd see everybody running around with on the PlayStation side. Mm-hmm. Like, I do understand in the way that, again, Bethesda, Zenimax... There's a lot under the Bethesda umbrella that, again, you would automatically, you know, talk about multi-platform and whatnot. But, again, when there's this immediate purchase, I keep saying this, like, I'm going to sound like a broken record uh, for almost a year now. But you would not spend $7.5 billion just to keep it on a, like, your content, these IPs on a competing console maker's platform. Uh, you have to make leverage. It's all about the Xbox ecosystem. It's all about Game Pass, correct? So moving forward, I mean, games like Starfield and then these other cherished franchises under the Bethesda umbrella and more, they're going to be... Again, they're, they're just going to have to be associated with Xbox going forward. That's just how it is. As soon as, as, soon as I heard about the purchase, I'm like, those are Xbox uh, titles now. That's just... That's just kind of how it goes, unfortunately. I mean, does it suck that, yes, they, they're locked to like a certain ecosystem? Yes. But at the same time, it's not like you can only play them on the Xbox console. You can also play them on PC and cloud streaming. So it's not like there aren't options, correct, Centurion? Oh, yeah. No, there is plenty of options for any consumer to play a game on the Xbox ecosystem wherever they feel most comfortable Um like you were saying, PC, console, cell phone. Um, and also, you can see other studio, um, other, I don't want to say studios, but PlayStation mainly. I hate pointing them out and directing at them, but um, the Spider Man character. They paid a lot of money for the Spider Man character, and they have been using to that fully, the fullest advantage they can with that character. Um, I mean, Spider-Man has no way of really ever appearing on a 
Xbox console in any real serious shape or form manner right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, because a lot of Xbox fans were like, well, you know, why can't and I we say have serious? Because I know he's been on like, I think, like Marvel versus Capcom or stuff like that. But we're talking like an actual dedicated like game where he's like a central character almost. Mm-hmm. Well, again, there's complications, I suppose, coming from, again, Sony Pictures, like in the grand scheme of things. Uh, they're leveraging their deals with Marvel, and like, really, it's smart by them to be able to do that. Well, see, now I'm kind of curious on how this is going to work in the long run, because we now see uh, how um, Microsoft uh, Xbox is working with Disney. We got Pirates of the Caribbean and Sea of Thieves. And I'm wondering what kind of relationship this is going to bring for my uh, Xbox because now they they're working with Disney. Does this mean they get to use a Marvel character themselves, or does this mean uh, this is going to possibly make it to where Disney is going to reconsider how they do things with Sony because Xbox is just way more flexible and easier to deal with? Well, I think they're going to be, I mean, who knows really, but I could see them leveraging more, and the rumors kind of hint towards this too, uh, Lucas uh, Art properties. Um, and then you look at uh, Indiana Jones as well. That's a title that's very early in development. Is that going to hit multi-platform? Uh, I mean, granted, we don't know the specifics, but I mean, there's a big possibility that it could be Xbox ecosystem exclusive as well. And I do believe Indiana Jones does fall under what you would consider a LucasArts project. Oh, no, no, no. It is Lucasfilm okay. property, for sure. So. I'm definitely looking forward to that game. I've seen some images popping up here and there on uh, Twitter, and if those images are real, then I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Well, again, it's uh, still very uh, long No, they were con- it, was con- it was concept art. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I just assume that like this stuff is going to be locked to the ecosystem. I mean, that's actually, that's the beauty of like owning multiple platforms, right? So, you know, that you don't have to like go into these, you know, you don't have to get into these fits. It's like, you know, I have a PlayStation 5, whatever, Xbox series console. I'm able to play these. It's, I mean, really not a big deal to me, but I mean... You know, it does it does force people to be like, well, you know, again, you have to make that purchase decision. I know a lot of people going, do I want a next gen console? Because, again, I can't where am I going to be able to find these Bethesda games? And I, I've seen a lot of people that I know personally, they're just kind of like, you know, biting, you know, biting their tongue. And they're like, I'm going to have to buy an Xbox because, oh, I love Elder Scrolls and Fallout and I want that next big Bethesda RPG, which is Starfield. And they're like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to do it. So that just kind of like, again, forces you. I just I don't understand why Pete Hines had to necessarily really come out and, you know, just say sorry and apologize for the situation, even though, again, it's not his fault or anything. It just kind of is what it is. So that's why yeah, I don't I like I said, he didn't need to apologize. Uh, maybe he felt he needed to just out of his own sanity, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mag, what do you think about this? Uh, yes, sir. Did, I mean, did Pete Hines really need to apologize over this? I mean, I know a lot of people were kind of like as soon as Starfield got their the latest trailer for it and we're seeing all, you know, these 
uh, in-engine uh, scenes. Uh, and then once the title appeared, you know, it, it basically exclusive to the Xbox ecosystem, people were like, oh, no, and so on. And you had that confirmation. It's like, well, you, really, you should have known that it was going to be exclusive. But again, I guess Bethesda were getting dogpiled on yet again. And uh, Pete Hines had to come out because of the, you know, I guess he's behind the marketing and so on. Um, like, did he really need to do his apology? Well, did, I'm going to come at this from a multiple, uh, mm-hmm. multiple angles here because the first things first, you brought up Indiana Jones and the possibility of that, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, it'll be multiplat. Who said that? You know what I'm saying? No one came out and said that's happening. And the interesting thing is that I understand the game is early in development, right? But by the time that game comes out, we're talking like maybe what, three years, another couple of years, two, three years. I would say three. Let's just let's say 2024. Okay. For argument's sake. The thing is, by the time that actually does come out, Game Pass subscriptions are going to be so high at that point from all the other titles that are, you know, going into Game Pass from now until then, they don't need Sony's money. Hmm. Disney does not need Sony's money in that respect. Disney's getting paid. Disney's making money off of Sony. Sony's making money off of Disney right now, doing their own thing with the whole Spider-Man and the whole Spider-Verse situation that they're doing. You know, all these solo films, whatever. They're all they're all feeding each other under the table. Okay, so they're fine over there. Well, by the time Mike, uh, by the time Indiana Jones comes out, you could have fifty million people, if not more, subscribers in the Game Pass at that point. Who the hell needs Sony money? What are you going to do? You're going to sell an extra four million copies? What's that going to do? And the thing is, people say, okay, yeah, well, it'll probably sell more, but not really, because if you actually look at the attach rate, like, let's say, let's take like the PlayStation 4 um, uh, generation, right? They had 120 million consoles out there. Their attach rate for, uh, for the big banger exclusives was only 15%. 15%. I think it was a little higher for Spider-Man, but that's it. They barely, they didn't even crack 20% of their player base is purchasing those games. So therefore, you know what they were playing? They're playing Fortnite. They're playing Warzone. They're playing Apex Legends. Okay, and they're playing Madden and FIFA. Okay, so and you know and regular Call of Duties outside of the Warzone. Okay, so they're not paying for that. So what are they going to lose? Maybe four million copies. Maybe five. Maybe even ten if you want to get really adventurous. No pun intended with Indiana Jones. But anyways, <laughs> the point is, you lose that, but you get fifty million people in Game Pass. They don't need it. So that's what that, I, I just wanted to get that out of the way because you guys were talking about it. That's just my thoughts. Anyway, I don't think it's going to go. I don't think it's going to be multi-plat. I think it's going to be exclusive. People are going to have to get used to it. Now, in terms of that, now about this apology situation, I'll get into that in a moment. But the other thing is that it's interesting is that there's a paradigm shift happening here. We all saw it coming for years and everybody else was just in denial. And that's what I feel. When in 2018, when when Phil came out at E3 and he announced those five studios, that was the start of every. Uh, that was when that was the big move. That was the Thanos snap, so to speak. Okay, that was the moment. Okay, and that's when it started to change. And that's when you're like, okay, these guys mean business. But everybody laughed them off. Not everybody, but but certain people laughed them off. And then they kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And then the Bethesda thing happened. And then look at what just happened this spring in, uh, in Game Pass. Can you imagine if I went to you a year ago and I told you that MLB The Show, a PlayStation exclusive that's been around for however many years, 18 years, 19 years, whatever the hell it is, okay, was going to be day one in Xbox Game Pass 
you would have laughed and hung up on me. There's no way you would have believed that would have happened. Guess what happened? Outriders, another one. Great game, by the way. I got a thousand of a thousand out of it. I loved it anyway. I didn't have any issues with it. Um, day one in Game Pass. That's a Square Enix game. Square Enix is famous for doing business with Sony. All of a sudden, hey man, whoever's got the cash, right? Now that you know, and then anyway, back to the Bethesda thing. You got the Bethesda situation. Now that the talk is over, because that's what was happening. The four last three, four years or whatever, right? They were talking and talking and talking and talking. We're going to do this. We're doing that. We're doing this. This is our game plan. This is our business plan. This is our business model. This is what we're going to be doing moving forward. Well, nobody thought of anything. Nobody thought anything about it. But you know, you know what happened? Then they got punched in the mouth. Mm. And then when they got punched in the mouth, they went, ow, that's real. This <laughs> is real now. You got your first punch in the mouth. There's going to be more coming. There's going to be a lot more coming. And so the thing is, people don't like change. They don't like seeing a certain, you know, they're like, well, we don't like it this way. Well, guess what? It's not always going to be that way. When I wanted PlayStation games, I bought a PlayStation. Okay. I'm not saying everybody has to be in the same boat as me that I get everything day one. You know, I get the consoles day one. I got the PS5 in this and two Series X on the first day. Mm -hmm. And I got a Series X, the we uh, Series S a week later for my cousin. But anyways, I got those consoles, right? No problem. Not everybody could do that. I get it. But guess when I bought a PS4? Four years after it came out. And I got it for like 200 bucks. Okay? And then I bought most of the games that already came out. Like Uncharted 4, I got for like $15. Because it had already been out for like a year and a half or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And I played those games or whatever. Because I wanted to experience the PS4 generation and i did so and then of course by the tail end of the generation i was paying full price for the games because there was no way i was going to wait for last of us 2 and there was no way i was going to wait for ghost of Tsushima. right so anyways that's that's fine whatever the point is that's okay but when it's reversed the other way it's not okay when you like they make it seem like you're going to get cooties from buying an xbox and here's the interesting thing they're like oh i guess i gotta buy an xbox now it's like what you make it sound like you're getting a disease and it's like, you know what? It's an excellent system. It's like, well, here's the interesting thing, though. Microsoft has actually taken away that paywall from you. If you want to play Elder Scrolls in a couple of years from now, you don't even have to buy an Xbox. By then, the mm -hmm. Xbox Series X um, uh, server blade, or the server blades of the X Cloud are going to be run off the Series X. Okay? They don't need it. They don't, you, you won't even need an Xbox. All you'll have to do is buy a controller and have a smart TV, which, which a lot of people already have, and in a couple of years from now will be the norm. So you'll be able to see it on an app at the bottom of the screen, just like you would Amazon Prime, Netflix, blah, 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 Disney Plus, and all the rest of them. Game Pass is going to be right there. You click on it. You, you know, you're on the internet. Boom. There you go. You're firing off. You're playing the damn game. You got a controller with a Bluetooth attached to your TV. Done. So they removed that $500 paywall from you. So now if you want to play Elder Scrolls, you can play it on your phone. You can play it on your tablet, or you can play it on your PC, or you can play it on a TV. You can play it on your laptop. How many more options do you want? They, like, mm -hmm. but, but, but on Sony, what option do you have? Go buy a PS5. That's it. So, you know what I'm saying? So maybe if that's the route that you want to go, then go buy yourself a PS5 and then use all your other supplemental technology that you've got around your house to play in the Xbox ecosystem. Problem solved. But the thing is, people don't like to see, they, they don't like to see them doing well. Right. And the other thing I was thinking about is that the, the really, uh, the, the people who are getting really salty about it is because let's not forget that Sony was trying to buy exclusivity of Starfield themselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And they were turned down because Bethesda said, sorry, we're being bought. Mm-hmm. That left a big gaping hole for Sony because I know that they were really pushing for that game. And that's a big salty point for a lot of people, right? So that's a big problem for a lot of people. So, you know, there's that. There's always that at little angle there. Now, the other thing is I saw a tweet from Pete Hines actually after the the mm-hmm. quote-unquote apology where he actually said, now, now that when you sit back and think about it, it's like, the way he said it the first time around, I don't think it really came across that like, well, I'm sorry, that's the way it is. But I think what was happening is that the media was kind of running away with it because yeah. they're looking for clickbait, right? And so now, here, I'm going to read it verbatim. It's not very long here. This is from Pete Hines himself. He says, quote, I'm not apologizing for exclusivity. I don't have to do anything. Some of our fans are upset slash angry, and I'm sorry they are. That isn't wrong or weird. It's acknowledging how they feel. That's it. That's my point. Mm-hmm. That was his tweet after the fact so he basically that's now when you read that in context from all these i, I don't i'm not going to say what i was going to say <laughs> i had to hold back there for a minute i was going to say something pretty nasty about some of these media sites are running and they're trying to sensationalize a story in order to make get more people angry and click on it because you know everybody knows well at least up to this point not really happening now it's starting to shift but negative Xbox news always got more clicks and more traffic. You go to YouTubers back in the PS4, Xbox One generation. What YouTubers were getting the most traffic? Anything trashing Xbox. You go to play. You go to even like PlayStation channels. They weren't even talking about PlayStation. They would literally be talking about Xbox for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Why? Right. Because they got because that's what everybody wanted to hear, and so some of these media sites are still hanging on to that, and it's not really doing them any favors right now. So there's that. So I'm not taking it as an apology, and um, you know, I, I just that's the way I see it. I don't know. That's that's just what I see about this. Yeah, it's very easy for these media sites to do the runaway headlines and create the clickbait articles. I know a, a couple of people in the chat were talking about that. It's just. <sighs> it's it's a way of like framing it right because again pete hines bethesda again they're trying to be nice guys about the situation they understand that you know you know it does kind of suck obviously but at the same time it's like well it also allows them to focus on things because who is it uh duke togo here in the chat he did he said and i do remember him saying this uh didn't todd howard double down by saying hey at least now that there's no ps5 version we can now focus on making the xbox version even better and that's correct right because again they only have to focus on like one or two platforms instead of like a broader base of platforms to to make this game so they can you know i, I would hope that they can uh Again, just make these games at the the best they can be, right? Again, the last couple of Bethesda games were kind of uh, clunky and uh, bug-ridden and so on. I mean, look at Fallout 76, right? So there's a lot of hopes with Starfield, and hopefully they bring their A game when it comes to uh, when it releases in about, what, a year or so from now? So Yeah, November 11th, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, correct. eleven eleven twenty two. So that's uh that's what showed up when she pressed the ignition on the uh on the spaceship or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's crazy too. I mean the the turnaround uh from last gen to this gen, because like you said, there was a lot of clickbaiters, you know, all they would talk about was negative Xbox news. You look at the beginning of this generation and arguably the end of last generation, and it's just been a lot of positive Xbox talk, and now the roles just seem kind of reversed. So, 
It's just interesting. I mean, Xbox has done a lot to reverse their, uh, their reputation, and they're not stopping. I mean, they're still talking about acquiring studios and uh, global publishing I, is still looking for deals. They're getting all these deals for Xbox Game Pass. They're being super aggressive right now, and I love it. You know, it's like a shark that's hungry, that's in a frenzy, and they're looking for more and more. It's uh, it's a good site. You know, the competition is good. It's healthy. I really like it. Um, but either way, guys, like, uh, you know, I look at this apology, and it's like, well, I mean, is it really an apology? Eh, I mean, we'll see. Just probably a lot of saltiness you know what? again. I'm just going to go for the throat because I see a comment in the uh, in the chat from our good old friend there. Hey, Microsoft did you a favor by buying Bethesda. Where were you going to store all these games? You got no external <laughs> hard drive options. Oh, my Lord. Saying. <laughs> Good one there, Centurion. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, the PS5, I mean, now, what was it, like a month or two ago, they just, you know, you can, you can, they did an update where you can store the games on a separate hard drive, but you can't play it from there. You can just store it from there. And just everything just seems very, very backwards when it comes to this bloody console. I mean, it just makes you very more appreciative of the Xbox Series consoles, the way they're designed. So, you know, when I had to install them day one, um, both of them, I had both the PS5 and the Series X in the say, uh, the first week, right? And uh, I put I put something up on, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was on Twitter, actually. And I was like, um, you know, some people didn't like what I said, but I, I just said, you know, when I had to put the PS5 in there and I had the PS4, uh, I had to attach it and then put a wire to it because it would go faster than doing it on Wi-Fi. I couldn't even sell my PS4 until I got until until I got the PS5 because mm-hmm. it w- it wasn't transferring you know transferring my saves and the games and you know I had to de- you know I had to you know bring my um uh, my profile over and all this other stuff and then I had to re-download the games on there and it was super slow and then having the data from my PS4 to my PS5 was a nightmare Xbox you know what I did I turned it on <laughs> right that was it I turned it on and then and then the thing showed up on my phone and then it said, "Welcome to the Series X or whatever the hell it was. Press this button if this is you. Click." Then I and then that was it, done. And then everything was already there, waiting for me, ready to go. I had to do absolutely nothing. And that and I put that up there. I'm like, these are all the steps that I had to do to, to get my PS5 up and running. And then right next to it, I put Xbox. I turned it on. And like it is, it does make you feel so much more appreciative for what they've done and the work that went into it. And, you know, and Jason Ronald and his team, uh, what they were able to pull off was like nothing short of a miracle. And I mean, what a sturdy beast of a machine, mm-hmm. you know, uh, no issues, whatever. Like even with my PS5, when I play a game, I was talking to, some, I'm not going to say their names, but uh, I was talking to some other people in the community. They're like, oh yeah, listen, um, when you're shutting down your PS5, when you're done a game, go back to the home screen then go to the game, close the game or application, do not put it into rest mode, then go over to the power button, and then you have to go to turn off PS5 and then do that every time. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I can't even leave a game running in the background. They're like, no, it'll probably crash your console the next time you turn it on. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, okay. And then they're like, what about rest mode? They're like, no, rest mode is still, still to this day, some people are still saying that it's bricking their consoles. Yeah, thank God um, I don't have that issue, but I was my very PS4 wary. My PS4 breast mode just bricked a hard drive last week. 
Really? Yeah, I don't put it in a rest mode ever. I just turn it off directly, and that's all there is. I oh, mean, yeah. I, I close all the applications first, and then I turn off the PS5. I didn't tell you about the hard drive invader? I can't remember, to be honest. So I have a, a cat owner thing. Now you want to talk about cats knocking stuff off. So um, the cat n- bumped the power cord for the PlayStation while it was in rest mode, and it had an external hard drive hooked up to it. Well, because the PlayStation was unplugged, hooked up to an external hard drive while it was in rest mode, it instantly just decided to do whatever it does to hard drives. Uh, my computer was able to fix the hard drive, uh, but it, it does what every PlayStation, it happens on the PS5 even, it, it won't accept the hard drive back. So, Oof. every... The, my, um, my uh, my PS4 became a uh, an internal only only console. That is insanity. I don't know. Like, I just think it's really weird that PlayStation's technically have a software flaw on both the PS4 and the PS5. If that console crashes in rest mode while hooked up to a hard drive, it could theor- um was it uh, another channel? Um, Review Tech came out and said that his way of describing it was. It gives the hard drive some kind of scarlet letter and you'll never, he's like, there's nothing wrong with the hard drive. You can hook it up to anything else. But if you try to hook it up to a PlayStation, it will pretend that it's not there. Hmm. Jeez. Very weird. Very weird. But yeah, guys, this whole thing about uh, the Bethesda, Pete Hines apology, interesting stuff. Some people kind of ran with it, but I mean, either way, people, again, just going to have to get an Xbox and move on. That's just, uh, that was going to be if you want to play stuff like Starfield and uh, other Bethesda titles. But at least they're giving you some options in any case. Uh, You know what, guys? We will move on. And it seems like Microsoft has plans to keep the Xbox One consoles supported for a little while longer than what we initially thought. In an Xbox Wire post, Microsoft stated that it plans to bring cloud streaming to older consoles, stating that, and I quote, For the millions of people who play on Xbox One consoles today, we are looking forward to sharing more about how we will bring many of these next-gen games, such as Microsoft Flight Simulator, to your console through uh, Xbox Cloud Gaming, just like we do with mobile devices, tablets, and browsers. Now, MagBuddy, we've seen Xbox yes, come out uh, like a few years ago talking about supporting cross-gen for a bit on their consoles. Now we get them supporting the Xbox One with cloud streaming. Uh, what do you think of them continuing to support older hardware this way? Well, see, it's interesting you say that because technically they're not really supporting the old hardware in the way that people are thinking so people are thinking like, oh, they're just they're gonna they're gonna keep you know making games for the old systems or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, because if actually if anyone was listening to me about ten minutes ago, I was just saying that the Series X blades are going to be put into into the, sorry the the Series X are going to be put into the server blades mm-hmm. for X Cloud and for their cloud gaming. So you're going to be getting next gen graphics, next gen everything, but you're utilizing your old hardware as um, as a vehicle, essentially, you know what I mean? To be able to broadcast uh, those uh, games onto your TV without having to purchase any hardware. If that is not the most brilliant move ever by utilizing that old tech, which is not 
like I said, you're not using the hard drive. You're not using the CPU. You're not using the GPU of the console. You were literally just using it as something to be able to broadcast so that um, you don't have to buy like a like a, an Xbox Fire Stick or something and stick it into your smart TV. You know what I mean? Down, down the road. Because I know that they talked about that for a little while, right? They were talking about a smart stick that could stick at the side of like the TV. Mm-hmm. And you just plug it into the USB port and off you go. And you'll be able to play xCloud right off your TV. Um, this would actually null and void all that so that you can actually keep the console sitting right there and you'll be able to play uh, xCloud right there and you'll be able to play next-gen titles with next-gen graphics, next-gen processing speed and everything else without actually having one. Mm-hmm. I mean, does it get any smarter than that? Because you do still have out there, give or take anywhere between 60 and 70 million Xbox Ones out there in the wild. And you got to also think there's probably a lot of people out there with kids and those parents probably don't want to spend $500 for eight-year-old Jimmy, okay? Because it's a lot of money, right? So they're like, well, he's already got it. All they have to do is pay for Game Pass Ultimate. Mm -hmm. If that's not, and then you don't even have to buy controllers. You got your controllers already. The console is now your vehicle to that. Like Like my son, for example, he's eight years old. You think I'm buying him a series? Like, I got two Series X in my house. One for my wife, one for me. Mm-hmm. Okay? And do you think I'm going to buy a third one for an eight-year-old? <laughs> Who's going to be playing, like, del- uh, that? you know, uh, whatever that stupid delivery game is with the floppy humans? Or, like, Human Fall Flat? You think I'm going to pay 500 bucks so we can play that? What no. happens the day your kid looks you in the face and says, 120 or bust? Then he can move out. <laughs> no, you know what he can do? He can go get a job and he can go buy himself a three out of 3090. That's what he can do. I didn't even care about these things when I played games as a kid. Now we're talking about frame rates and stuff. I know. It's crazy. Well, that's because they hear about it in the news, right? And they're like, oh, it's that's the cool thing. I'm going to get it. Or I want it, right? They don't even know what the hell well, they're talking I about. To just comment on how you were saying about you know, forking out the money for an extra console. I just wanted to say good luck on finding that extra console to begin with. Well, there's that. That's a thing. But, like, here's the other thing. My son has an Xbox One S, the all-digital one, right? Mm -hmm. And he literally has Fortnite on there, and he has Game Pass on there, Mm -hmm. okay? Because we we signed him up for Game Pass. And that's it. And I I, I share Game Pass with my wife. So we have Game Pass, or her and I have it, because we game share with each other. So, like, believe it or not, I know we live in the same house, but we actually have separate gaming budgets. That's how we operate, right? So, like, we meet. We have, like, a meeting in August, right? I'm like, all right, honey, this is what's going on. We got Battlefield coming out. We got this coming out. We got Call of Duty coming out. Um, I'll, 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 whatever. I'll give you 120. You put in 120. That's three games. Done. Everything else is coming on Game Pass, right? So, we do it like that, right? So, anyway, so we're, we're on Game Pass together, and my son's got his own Game Pass. Well, guess what? We'll just keep his subscription going, and he'll be able to play all those next-gen titles without me having to purchase a new console for him or a controller, or anything else, and he will be playing with the same speed, the same ferocity, the same graphics, the same HDR, the same everything on his console without me having to spend a dime. You think I'm the only parent out there? No. There are millions of us. So therefore, this is brilliant. But the thing is, with Microsoft, what they got to do, I know their ideas are always great. You know what's not great about Microsoft? Which is getting better. They're marketing. They have mm-hmm. to market this to 
the people who are not in this business, people who are not the hardcore, the people who are on the train going to work and casually looking out the window, they have to have billboards and make it simple. Put simple wording in there. Say things like, you don't need to buy a console, just get Game Pass, everything else works. I don't know, whatever. Whatever slogan you want to use, make it simple so that any Joe Sixpack can see it understand immediately and know exactly what you're talking about. Like you don't need to be, you don't, you don't have to be this guy. Like, let's say, you know, a guy walks into, you know, uh, walks into an EB games or whatever, or a Best Buy. And he's like, yeah, which consoles do I get? He doesn't want to sit there for a 45 minute PowerPoint presentation as to which one's better. You know what I mean? Cause he's buying it for his nephew for Christmas. Put the words nice and simple out there and say, this is what we're doing. If you already have it, Everything next gen will work on it. All you have to do is subscribe to Game Pass. Done. You've solved the problem. You've solved the issue. It's already there. And now you don't have to worry about it. Now the parents are going, what do you mean? That's it? I don't have to do anything? They're like, nope. All you have to do is subscribe to Game Pass. Everything next gen will work on there. It'll just you, you don't even have to think about it. Let us do the heavy lifting. We're putting it all through the cloud. You don't need to worry about a goddamn thing. Yeah. Every parent would be like, problem solved. Good. Thank you. Goodbye. That's all parents have time for. You, like I said, you think they're going to sit around for a PowerPoint presentation as to how they're going to do this? You don't have to tell them that. Just tell them the, sh- uh, the, the stuff works. Mm-hmm. All right? That's it. Just tell them it works and tell them how it's going to work. One sentence. If you could pull that off in one sentence and you mass market it to everybody in the world, then, then you're going to get those 60 million people who already have those consoles. Okay? They'll be like, oh, well, problem solved, at least for now. You know, and maybe eventually they want that hardware. Okay, they can get that hardware whenever they want. Microsoft is not in- interested in the hardware. They don't give. They don't care how many consoles they sell. They don't. They never have. They never will. They're interested in software and engagement. Software and engagement is the metric moving forward. It's the metric that's been moving forward for everybody, from Netflix to Amazon Prime to Disney Plus to Spotify. Yes. If you're listening to music, right? All these things. That's all they care about is engagement. And that's where they make their billions. And that's where Microsoft's going to make their billions. Well, not Microsoft, but Xbox division is going to make their billions is in engagement, right? So this is how they have to do it. And what, like I said, you solved, two, you, you basically killed two birds with one stone there. One, you saved people a lot of money and, and the paywall from having to do that, especially if you already have a console. And number two, because there's going to be a shortage for a very long time, You've also eliminated that option. So now that there's no worry that it's like, oh, well, I still can't get a Series X or a Series S. Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore because the stuff that you already have will work with everything moving forward. The only thing is they're going to have to implement those Series X blades sooner rather than later and start marketing the hell out of this. My guess, early 2022, this is going to start being implemented. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny, too, because... uh... Over the past year or so, uh, the TXR panel, we've covered uh, Microsoft making, well, some interesting moves, some interesting partners uh, for their marketing and where they're putting Game Pass on, for example, and the, the cloud streaming. For example, they've made deals with Samsung and LG to uh, put whether it be Game Pass or cloud streaming into like their TVs or appliances. Yep. It's it's um, really crazy. Like they're slowly been building up to this moment where again, you you're talking about engagement numbers. I mean, again, it's gonna come to a point where uh, you know, we talked about like a fire stick kind of an option for uh for XCloud. All you need to do is fire on your TV and you got XCloud, you got Game Pass right there. 
That's right. Um, and, and you're gonna so have Series X I, blades. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. Buddy. I don't know if you got have any how uh, have any of you guys cut the cable yet? Oh yeah, I long time ago. Well, I don't know about you, but I do a lot of my TV watching through Hulu now, and I'm starting to see Game Pass uh, popping up on Hulu. Like, not the games or anything, but the marketing. Well, there you go. Mm -hmm. And ever since Starfield got released, I don't know about you guys or not released, but since, uh, again, the trailer got announced recently, I've been seeing it pop up everywhere. uh, Yeah, me too. YouTube, uh, podcasts, everything. Yeah. It's either it's either Starfield or Redfall. Actually, I've seen a lot of Redfall too. I've seen a couple of those actually. Now that you mention yeah. it, but mostly Starfield. Starfield's bloody everywhere. It's crazy. Is anybody else excited for Redfall, or is it just me? I, well, you know what? It's hard to get excited for a three D trailer that I don't know what the hell it is. It's hard to say because I. I, I I can't say that it really did anything for me personally. That's not to say that it wasn't a bad, bad or a good trailer or anything like that. I know people who are excited for it, and that's good because not everything's going to be to my tastes, and I respect that. It's just, uh, I don't know, again, kind of like with uh, the Starfield trailer, I, I, I would like to see some more gameplay for these big games coming. The good thing, though, that that's, that game's coming in a year. Summer 2022. Yeah. So we won't have to wait too long. I would imagine... At the next XO event, Gamescom, or maybe, uh, what was it, the Game Awards? I mean, there's a few options there for showing off gameplay. Uh, we'll probably get some some of that soon. Uh, I just, I can't really say that it really intrigued me. I, I, I think what did it for me was I was expecting more of a, just more structurally a single player experience from Arcane. But, it, you know, it ended up being a... Uh, a like a more of a co-op game but you know my my uh i'm open to the the concept of it it's just i i won't say that that's one of the games that i'm personally really looking forward to but hey man if you are that's great you know the thing is i i've spoken to randall thor a bunch of times about this uh, we, we've done a couple of shows together and we were talking and and the one thing is he said that actually struck me because it's something i felt that i never really expressed it till he said it and he said, unless it's tangible and I could see what, I, what what it is in front of me and what I'm going to be doing in it, I have a hard time getting excited for something. You know what I mean? Like, if I don't see what I'm actually physically going to be doing, like I said, if, you know, the, the, the CG trailers are great. They're wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. But if I don't see what the character's doing, I can't put myself in the shoes of the commercial you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying so like when you see like a i don't know like a far cry 6 commercial and you actually see gameplay mm-hmm. i know what i'm doing i mean mind you i played the all, all the other far cry so you, you kind of have a basic idea of what you're doing anyway but i mean at least when you see the characters moving and doing stuff or whatever you have an idea of what you're gonna be doing and you're like oh the character's doing this that and the other i'm gonna be doing that cool now i'm excited be- or not excited because uh, whatever however you respond to it is because you know exactly what the character is going to be doing and you're like all right cool but when i see like a cg trailer of a bunch of people jumping around and you know cracking jokes and smiling and shooting at vampires i'm like okay so what are we doing is it first person is it third person is it uh is it like left for dead with vampires what the what is this right Mm -hmm. and when i get left with more questions than answers that's why i don't get excited i'm like all right i'll see it eventually Mm-hmm. You know that you were just saying maybe at maybe uh maybe at Gamescom maybe at XO uh because there's rumors of the XO show coming back in December. Mm-hmm. That's we'll right. We'll probably see something then. 
and then maybe we'll see a little bit of a deeper dive, maybe like a five-minute preview or something. Then I'll get excited. But until then, I'll be like, all right, it's on the radar. Same with Starfield. I don't even know what the hell. I mean, I know they said it's a single-player RPG, and it's they said basically it's going to be like Indiana Jones in space or something like that, right? Um, and I'm like, okay. I still haven't seen it. You know, I just saw a woman walk into a rocket ship and then just take off. That was basically it, right? So mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> well, again, uh, I, I don't mind CG trailers, uh, but it does get to a point where you do need to see some tangible stuff. Uh, but we won't. It doesn't seem like we'll be waiting long for it. So there's that. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Like I mean, Centurion that really caught your eye, right? Redfield, or sorry, Redfall. I don't know why I said Redfield. Probably it makes me it makes well, me yeah, sound Redfall, like it's Redfield. Um, Field and Redfall mixed together. Yeah, I'm not trying to sound. I have no idea what the game is about, so please mm-hmm. forgive me. I am like really reaching into my crazy mind when I said I get like an Overwatch vibe from it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually See, not that. Huh? That's that's plausible. It See, had just the, it the, the had cooper- the, the, I, for me. It yeah. was the cooperation about how the sniper asked the girl to to materialize a elevator for him to get to the t- roof. So inherently, there's some cooperation, which is how Overwatch works. Is depending on what class your character falls in and what you're doing, your ability can sometimes make or break. Hmm. Yeah. So. I don't know. It just looks really good to me. I I love games that I could just sit down and play with my friends and just hang out. And uh, this looks like it's going to be one of them. Mm-hmm. Which reminds me, we still got to bite into uh, Vermintide. So Vermintide, yes. <laughs> no, I definitely want. You want to know another game I found? Uh, Space Crew. Mm, don't know if I know that one. Well, well Bomber Crew. Okay. Okay. Oh they yeah, did, is that the one they where did like... space? I missed Bomber Crew, and I did. I've I've never played Bomber Crew, but I found Space Crew, and it's a the newer version of it. And dude, this game is a little harder than it looks. <laughs> oh, okay. I have to take a look at that then. Um... Oh yeah, because it, it, now they can invade your ship and stuff. I guess because I watched a few reviews, so like there's a lot more multitasking from. Everybody that I watched a review on this one, they said there's a lot more in-depth multitasking because there's just so much more you can do. So, yeah. That was the one that uh, I also picked up the same time with Vermintide. Okay. All right. Well, it's one I keep got to keep an eye on. So, yeah, we can play. I give it a shot sometime soon. Uh, all right, guys. I think on that note, we'll move on to our last topic. And I guess we should talk about some of the other shows that uh, took place during E3. We had Nintendo, Ubisoft, Capcom, Digital Devolver, and a few others showcase their games. Uh, Centurion, my very optimistic friend, did any of these publishers, like any of the announcements, like the games, for like, whether it be trailers, gameplay trailers, CGI, did anything stand out to you at these different conferences, showcases, whatever? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, now, there is one game that I am really looking forward to. I've been getting a lot of scuff from different people when I tell them, but I am looking forward to, re- um, oh my god, Rainbow Six Extraction. 
that right. um, I am. I played a lot of Rainbow Six um, a while back. I was like the only thing I played for a while. My wife hates that game because that game can get aggravating real quick and uh, makes you scream out profanities. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, like um, but why well, have you ever played Rainbow Six Siege? No, but I, just, I think I remember you telling me a few days ago about that. <laughs> Um, yeah, because it could get pretty, well, it gets intense quick and then you, it can get aggravating, especially if you have people that really want to mess up the matches. Um, and there's just sometimes you get really competitive, uh, and which is kind of why I stay now I'm looking forward to what they're doing on more of a PVE scale. They said they're not going to have you do, uh, versus, uh, versus other players. Well, at least not versus. Rainbow Six Siege is based on the premise is it's more like you're in a training situation and you're the best elite soldiers from all around the world and you're training together. This is more of a story-based thing where there has been a satellite that has crashed down in New Mexico. It almost borrows from the Andromeda strain. Uh, there was a virus or something that came down with it and it has affected people, alien life, uh, crazy stuff happening. Now, when Rainbow Six Siege first came out with this, this was nothing more than an event for Rainbow Six Siege. It was called Rainbow Six Siege Outbreak. Um, and it was at like a two-week event. And what was fun about it was you had to really go in with some friends that really knew what they were doing and chose the characters well. Be, the, they, uh, the character that they chose, they knew how they operated and what their abilities could do and what weapons they came with because... It wasn't just you held a point. There was objectives. Uh, the beginning of the mission was there was a helicopter that crashed and you had to rescue someone, rescue the pilot. And it wasn't just walk in and touch him with your hand and the guy gets up and, oh, I'm healed. In Rainbow Six Siege, you actually have to get down and heal somebody. So this one, same thing here. There was a healing process and you had to defend uh, the people, the player doing that. I mean, there was a lot of cooperation involved. I'm looking forward to that on a much larger scale with um, Extraction. I could go on all day with this Ubisoft thing because that was kind of like, outside of Xbox, I really enjoyed the Ubisoft show. Yeah, they had a few things uh, because, yeah, they showed off more Far Cry 6, which, I mean, it looks like a pretty decent game overall. Oh, from Far what Cry I can 6. Tell. Oh, I, dude. And the fact that I feel that they've given a little bit more glimpse into the story of far cry six and just how yet again, we have another crazy bad guy who is going to become iconic. Mm -hmm. And their battle pass thing, uh, for the, uh, you get to play as, uh, as DLC, the, what was it? The last three villains in their games. That actually looks oh, pretty yeah. cool. They're well, for starters, um, I think with their battle pass, you also get, the remaster of uh, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. Mm -hmm. uh, hilarious part is I just bought that not too long ago to play it, and now there's a, rema a remaster of it, so I was like, huh, that stinks. Uh, but yeah, the other DLC is they're embracing what is so great about the, uh, the franchise, and that is the bad guys and how iconic they've been. And they're going to touch on, I think, Voss, Pagan Men, The Father... And I believe those are the main ones they're going to touch on, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot more. Mm -hmm. 
What else did we get? Uh, we Well, actually, we saw a Nintendo announcement there for the sequel to the Mario and Rabbids game. Uh, was it Sparks of Hope? I saw some people talking about that. Uh, that's kind of neat. Uh, what else? As well, the Avatar game, uh, Frontiers of Pandora. That, yes. That kind of came out of left field for me. I mean, holy cow. It took forever to make the Avatar movie, so I'm pretty sure it's just as well for the game to come out of left field, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, aren't they doing a sequel to that now or something? The the movie. Oh yeah, I've heard that James Cameron's working on a sequel. Well, it is James Cameron. I think that's still working on it because I know like he was really big into Avatar. Uh, there's four of them coming. Oh God, yep. See, told you. Oh. Yeah, he's filming. He's filming four of them back to back right now. Um, he's basically done the second one, and he's on the three foot. I swear to God, I'm not even making this up. He's got Avatar two, three, four, and five. You know what? All Oof. coming. Not to sound like a complete geek, but if anybody really goes into James Cameron's like biography of what he does, it does not surprise me he's doing four movies at once, three or four at once. Yeah. Now, the thing is, he, he wants to showcase a new technology for each one that he's worked on, like something to push the cinema, uh, you know, the uh, basically the uh, the movie uh, industry forward. Which he did with that with the first Avatar. Remember that with the 3D, right? Mm-hmm. And like he elevated 3D to a whole new level of unbelievable. So and um, and so now he wants to. He's got something else up his sleeve for the next one, and then of course the other subsequent films coming after that. James Cameron has been pushing forward the entertainment industry since we'll start with The Abyss, yeah. uh, a movie completely done under underwater robotics. Because of his work uh, with the Abyss, he was able to do Titanic. Uh, he was able to explore the wreckage of the Titanic like never before. Um, get, was able to help document the wreck of the Titanic like never before internally. Um, this all his experience with robotics helped lead him to become pretty much one of the world's foremost experts of underwater robotics. The United yep. States government called him in with the, the pipeline oil crisis in the Gulf of Mexico when they were venting oil into the Gulf of Mexico. They actually got James Cameron involved because they needed to use underwater robotics. Hey, what's he specialized in? And because he had such a passion for underwater, he actually has personally built a submarine out, out his own personal passion project and actually dove the i think the mary the, Mar- the mariana trench jeez damn like i mean like there's like a the whole set. documentary on it the second mm. avatar movies actually most of it is in underwater by the way see that's why i'm like it does not surprise me hearing that about james yeah Cameron. like it's uh pandora like it, it's going to be exploring uh pandora's underwater kingdoms so a lot of it's going to be filmed a lot not not going to be filmed it's already filmed he's already done uh, it's all most of it is underwater, so I thought that was pretty cool. How he does it, I don't know. Let's see how it comes out, but anyways, mm-hmm. anyways, back to the E3. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, um, that's the thing, right? Because uh, besides a couple of shows, I mean, a lot, a lot of it was kind of lackluster, I'll be honest, and uh, yeah. you know, not a lot shown. Nintendo had a good showing if it wasn't for Microsoft and Nintendo. Oh boy, it would have been a dreadful yeah. E3. Uh, Nintendo, yeah, Nintendo had Metroid Dread, which I mean I wasn't expecting. I was hoping for some actual Metroid Prime Four news, or at least the Metroid trilogy. Uh, nothing on that yet. They're still working on it, but Metroid Dread was announced. It, it looks cool. A uh, good side stro- uh, scroller. Um, 
Breath of the Wild 2 gameplay. That, you know, that actually has a release date for 2022, so really not too far. Uh, and this one kind of caught my eye. I know a lot of people are like, oh, that's kind of cool. WarioWare, the latest iteration in uh, that series, uh, Get It Together. Oh, I thought that was pretty cool. I might pick it up. Um, Mag, did anything else catch your eye from any of these conferences, showcases? <sighs> Not, not really. The only, the only ones is because I'm, uh, I'm a big Ubisoft fan, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, a lot of people are saying, oh, the show was lackluster. The the Ubisoft show was lackluster. But I'm like, well, you know, it gave me what I was looking for from Ubisoft, and um, I do do behind the uh, behind the scenes work with Ubisoft, uh, which I'm not allowed to discuss. However, um, I really, I'm, I'm a huge Assassin's Creed fan. I have 100% completed every Assassin's Creed game. And um, my wife actually just poured 170 hours into AC Valhalla. Now, and uh, I was playing. Are we talking like achievement 100%? Yes. Holy cow. Sorry. Bow to thee. Uh, yeah. my Actually, I, I posted actually not that long ago from, I guess, from like just earlier last year. I got 1850 out of 1850 uh, on uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So, yeah. Yeah, as in 1,850 achievement, all the whole thing, the whole kit and caboodle for all the DLCs and everything. But uh, I do that for all the Assassin's Creed games. Um, and um, anyways, uh, I'm 45 hours into AC Valhalla now because uh, I was playing like a plethora of other games uh, between, you know, the launch of the consoles up till now. And I finally got to that point where I'm like, you know what? This is the summer of Assassin's Creed. I'm going to I'm going to do it. Um, so I was really, really excited to see what they were going to do, uh, uh, you know, moving forward. And they did not disappoint me, especially being an Assassin's Creed fan. So they showed uh, the second expansion for AC Valhalla. The first one is the one in Ireland, Wrath of the Druids. They already showed that. It's already available now. Um, I haven't obviously I haven't played it yet. I'm not even like a third through the damn story and I'm only 45 hours in. Um, but then they showed the Paris expansion. And uh, the Paris expansion is a story, true story, obviously, for any historians out there about uh, how the Vikings eventually made their way up to France mm-hmm. and uh, invaded France and uh, in Paris and about the siege of Paris and stuff. Right. Pretty wild stuff. So uh, anyways, I'm really excited for that. And what was even more exciting is that at the end of that Assassin's Creed thing, it says uh, she said, uh, and then we will be talking about the year two content coming. So I'm like, holy mackerel, they're going to have expansions going until 2023. And if anybody knows anything about Assassin's Creed, their expansions are like the Witcher 3 expansions. One (laughs) DLC expansion is like 40 hours. So that's like a whole game in itself. That's what happened to me on Odyssey. I was like, whoo. I did Odyssey. Let's do the expansions. And all of a sudden it's all, it showed me the Atlantis map. And I was like, I'm screwed. I am. So yeah. Screwed. It's basically a whole new game. It's like another 40 bloody hours, but I mean, it's good. I mean, if you're into the series, it doesn't feel like it. You're just like, wow, I just getting all this content for a great price. So anyways, that really excited me. Um, Avatar, um, you know, jury's out on that one. Cause I haven't really seen anything uh, other than that trailer. They showed, I'm like, well, let's see what's coming up when that comes out. Um, and then, of course, Far Cry 6. That's another series that I've absolutely adored since Far Cry 2. Uh, I never played the first one. Um, I started at Far Cry 2, and uh, I adore that series, too. So um, Far Cry 6 looks nothing short of magnificent. And uh, obviously, you know, Giancarlo Esposito as the bad guy. Mm-hmm. My goodness, does it get any better than him? Man, is he ever intense. So uh, I'm really excited for that. Other than that, 
Uh, Nintendo had a good showing. I'm not a huge Nintendo fan anymore. Uh, as a player, I've kind of put them to the side. I, I, you know, now it's all Sony and Microsoft for me, for the most part. Um, not for the most part, basically everything. And uh, that's it. So other than that, nothing else stuck out at me at the show. So like you said, if it wasn't for Nintendo Microsoft, it would have been a pretty lackluster show overall. Yeah. And now the question becomes, when do we see Sony's next uh, state of play? Right. Oh, I'm actually surprised it wasn't in. I, I'm surprised they haven't announced it for July because I figured they would want the dust to settle mm -hmm. a little bit after E3, and then come out with something so they take all the spotlight. You know, so we'll see. I mean, it's pretty hard because you think about this, eh? Like you think about Ratchet and Clank came out on a Friday, right? Big title, big news, right? By Sunday, nobody was talking about Ratchet and Clank anymore. Nobody. I'm kind of surprised that they uh, went with a June release date, to be honest with that game. so yeah, To be that close to E3. Mm -hmm. And now, see, they pulled the same stunt last year. Remember that? They did the same thing with Last of Us 2. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, though, but Last of Us 2, I mean, even though Ratchet and Clank's a big title, Ra Last of Us is an even bigger title. So that was still the talking point for a lot of people, for either good or bad reasons, but it was still a talking point. Uh, but this year, and I asked some other guys in the community, I'm like, guys, I'm not being an ass. I'm being serious. And this is like three, four days after E3. I'm like, has anybody, have you heard anybody talking about Ratchet and Clank? And they're like, not one goddamn person. Not one. Nobody's talking about it. It was eclipsed. So I think what they're going to do is they're going to let the E3 settle, uh, state of play or whatever the hell they're going to call it is going to come out at some point. And I think at that point, maybe, maybe they might announce what's going on with Horizon Forbidden West. Because as it stands, is, I mean, and then you've got uh, Deathloop coming, which is still an Xbox game. You've got Ghostwire Tokyo coming, which is an Xbox game. Uh, both, uh, well, Deathloop has a release date, but uh, Ghostwire Tokyo doesn't. And Horizon Forbidden West doesn't. So there is a realistic possibility if that doesn't release this year, the only game they got coming out between now and next year is Deathloop. Mm -hmm. A game. So they got to say something, man. <laughs> you know I, what I mean? Yeah, ironically, a game made now by an Xbox studio. <laughs> yeah, so the funny thing, yeah, exactly. And actually, somebody pointed that out to me. They're like, you realize that most Sony exclusives that are coming out this year are made by Xbox Game Studios? And mm -hmm. I'm like, huh. <laughs> But, you know, it's uh, it's funny. But uh, anyway, the, yeah, I mean, they got to do something and they got to do it soon because, you know, I'm a PS5 owner. OK, and I'm looking at what's coming up and I'm like, is there anything coming up like Horizon Forbidden West looked amazing, but no release date. So I'm like, OK, what's going on here now? I'm I'm thinking also they were probably waiting for E3 to get a lay of the land. You know what I'm saying? To see what's coming out because you still got Call of Duty in the mix. You know, that hasn't announced a release date. You don't want to release anywhere near Call of Duty. Love it or hate it. It's still one of the most, uh, you know, high, uh, biggest paid game. One of the biggest selling franchises in history. Right. So you don't want to be anywhere near that. So and then, of course, maybe I think that Sony was also waiting for um, for Microsoft to announce a release date for Halo. And funny enough, they did not. They yeah. just said holiday 2021, because I think as a first person shooter, I think they're also waiting to see what's <laughs> going on with Call of Duty this year. Right. Because you already got a date for Battlefield. 
Mm-hmm. Right now, you're just waiting for Call of Duty. You don't want to have a Titanfall two situation now. Well, I think what's interesting too is that Forza Horizon five is coming out in oh my November. So I forgot where... about that too. So then, where do you place Halo Infinite? Is it going to be like early December? You, well, you have to be careful there too, because December seventh is Dying Light two. That no, and, and that's, that's being correct. marketed by Microsoft. That's correct. It's just they give you this holiday, you know. 2021 date yeah. so you're assuming a time frame i'm just gonna go by from american thanksgiving possibly to you know to the end of the uh, to the end of the year so there's right. only a and certain... you don't want to cannibalize your own games yeah that's you know what right. i'm saying you like you don't want to cannibalize your own product they have a marketing deal with dying light and i still i still think it's coming to game pass day one um you've got battlefield that they're marketing and of course they're in bed with ea You've got Forza Horizon 5 coming out in November. First party studio coming to Game Pass. Where do you put Halo? Right? And that's the thing. And Halo needs to breathe. That's their biggest franchise in history, in their history. Right? So, if, so no, if Dying Light's coming out, what, uh, first week of December? Uh, December 7th. Okay, so if we're going by these kind of dates, you know what? We could see a time frame of like, uh, the last week of November going into the first week of December from like the 29th to like the 3rd or the 4th, something like that. It's possible. It's very possible. <sighs> or they shadow drop it in September. They could. They could just be like, hey, you know what? The game's uh, coming along a lot smoother than what we thought, and we're going to release it earlier. Maybe. Like, why not? I mean, if they're not ready by now, there's a problem. Although, you know what I'm saying? Although, year, for Christ's sake. I, you're right, but I will put it like this too. They will be, I would be shocked if they didn't time it with uh, Halo's anniversary as well. Well, the, you see, that's the other thing. That's a bit of a conundrum though, because that's like six days from Forza Horizon 5. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, do, and, do you want to, you can't hammer those two games out. I know they're two separate genres. If but they those, are, I don't it, know. yeah. If they did release it early, the only thing I could think of it's like they might come out with like some kind of a, you know, a way to celebrate it, whether it be like some kind of an event or something for exactly, that period. Yes. So it could yes. be that, but it's just since they gave us this holiday twenty twenty one already, I don't know. It just it, to me it seems like they're gonna stick with that. So it just again the whole Forza Horizon five date just kind of throws a wrench into that. So I'm just I'm very curious to see how that works out. But uh, I don't know, guys. I think on that note, I think that rounds out like all like the E3 stuff because again, uh, Microsoft and Nintendo were pretty much the stars of the show, and then there's a couple of announcements from like some of the other ones. And then some just had no announcements at all, which was very disappointing. But, um, yeah, I think on that note, we'll start closing off tonight's show. And I really enjoyed our chat tonight discussing the Xbox Extended Show, uh, comments made by Pete Hines, and a heck of a lot more. And I gotta say, I think we'll have a lot more to look forward to in the next couple of weeks. As always, uh, I got a shout-out to the chat. A massive, massive shout-out to our viewers tonight. You guys seriously rock each and every time. Uh, who do we got here? Guys like Other Zinc, we got Predator, uh, Acute Perspective... A lot, a lot of cool people here. Thank you. Some new faces here as well. Hey, Crazy Greek Dude, how you doing? We got Truth. 
La Hellboy, and so on. Thank you all for joining us. Very much appreciated, of course. And if you enjoyed tonight's show, consider leaving a like, sharing this episode out on your social media of choice, and of course, most certainly consider subscribing to the channel. Now let's move over to the outros, starting with our fantastic guest panel member of the evening, Mag. Buddy, thank you for lending your, yes, sir. your prowess to the show tonight. Where can everybody follow you at? Well, thank you for having me tonight. It was a great show tonight. Great discussion. Two hours flew by like nothing. It was like we were sitting around having a couple of beers, just, uh, you know, shooting the breeze. But uh, it was a great time. Both you guys, Centurion and Vader, it was wonderful. Uh, chat, you guys are great as well. I see Christopher Hart's here. <laughs> uh, I know him from the uh, Iron Lords podcast fame. I see, uh, you know, uh, King David goes after him all the time. So uh, anyways, guys, it was wonderful as always. Uh, and uh, thank you for having me on the, sh on the show tonight. Anybody want to follow me? I am uh, on Twitter at the Middle Age Game Guy. That's with a G-Y at the end. Uh, if anybody wants to find me on the Xbox Series X or on the PlayStation 5, I have same name for both, uh, same gamer tag for both. It's all one word, all capitals, because I don't know how to be quiet. It is I am the mag. That is with two Gs. Um, you can find me on those uh, um, on, on those two platforms. On Monday evenings, you can find me on Primetime Gaming with Mr. Boomstick XL and Friends. And uh, this week, we have Wandering Dutch as a guest. That's every Monday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And on Tuesday night, you can find me with the legendary Noof Nukem and Titan Drago on Gaming After Dark. That is at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, I don't even know who the guest is this week. It's a surprise. So we shall see what's going on. Uh, occasionally, you can find me on Crossfire with Mooch. And uh, I've done three shows over there over the last month. And uh, and sometimes, actually, in, I think in two weeks, I will be on brap the ba basement radio arcade podcast with of course brap himself enrique uh we'll be doing a show sometime first week in july but anyways guys it was wonderful everybody have a great evening we'll talk to you all real soon yeah thanks buddy uh moving on to well the txr regulars me and centurion centurion my man solid show tonight where can uh, our listeners follow you at Dude, it's been a great show tonight. I love coming here every Sunday night. We've talked E3, games, Sphinx, cats, you name it. We've had conversations <laughs> all over the place. Really, thank you, Mag, for being here. It was a blast. For those interested in finding me, you can find me, of course, at Centurion1307 on YouTube, Xbox Live, and Twitter. You can find me here every Sunday night on the TXR podcast and every Saturday night on the Shop podcast. Good stuff, my man. And to round this out, of course, this is Invader, and you can all find my content over on YouTube at Invader Gaming. You can also find me on various other uh, video sharing platform sites such as Minds and BitChute. I'm all over the place. But again, lovely, lovely show tonight, gents. And to all of our viewers, we look forward to seeing you here next Sunday. Later, guys. It's been fantastic.